Hey, welcome to Nebcast. I am Ryan. And I'm Brad. And we have a special guest with us today. We have our friend James from Fort Collins. James, say hello. Hi, guys. Um, happy holidays, of course. We're approaching the stretch run here for Christmas. Everybody done Christmas shopping? I'm done. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, you just told us you just went and got a book for your mom. Is that the only present you have received? You have purchased so no, far no but I, do, I did all of my shopping at, at one store just because I'm, I'm lazy i do <laughs> i put more work into the packing into like the wrapping and everything so the wrapping really? is memorable yeah this year now obviously no one who's getting a present from me is listening so fuck you people but um <laughs> this year I'm, I'm gonna make everything like cardboard animals like a big cardboard t-rex and stuff like that it's gonna be cool i want a present from you james just so i can get a cardboard <laughs> t-rex it, they're, no they're cool last year i did geometric shapes made out of straws and tissue paper Wow. It was, it was pretty intense. I don't remember what I got anyone, though. That's awesome. <laughs> you wrap your gifts as cardboard animals? Like well, this year I am, yeah. Well, I just, like, one, one oh, year... Oh, so if it's like a square little... box, it's like the torso, and then you have yeah. the head Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm planning on doing, yeah. Neat. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. So, James, do you remember the first time you and I had met? Um, no, because I try to forget those things. <laughs> we met at, at like, a... As just after Thanksgiving uh, party, or maybe oh, just a little yes. bit before. No, yeah, it was. Um, uh, it wasn't the. It wasn't for Halloween. It was after that. Yeah, it, I would yeah, say I it's the middle of November. Yes, yeah, so and then you said you said that you had you got to meet Neil Patrick Harris at the Comic Con. Yep. And then I hugged you because it was awesome. Yeah, because we know we love NPH. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, Brad, you were not in the hall when I was uh, for the Doctor Horrible. Where were you? I forget. I was waiting in line to get it's Simon Pegg, right? Yeah, to he got get Simon my Pegg's autograph and space DVD oh, signs. That's, that's worth it. Yeah, that's, that's worth it. it. Yeah. And then you snuck in. Did you sneak in towards the end of the Joss Whedon, or did you sneak in towards the end? Towards the end, because you were there for Family Guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Because Joss Whedon was in a huge hall, and uh, it was just cool. Kevin Smith Hall. Kevin was Smith this, Hall. Was this two years ago or three years ago? Was he there to talk two. about two thousand? So this, it was Doctor Horrible. Oh, it's for Doctor Horrible. I thought maybe it was him there to talk about how bad Dollhouse was going to be and then how good it was going to get before it got canceled. <laughs> no, you know we missed out on that. That's um, too bad. Part. That's too bad. Yeah, but um, I remember uh, for those of the uh, who don't know, I met James through my girlfriend Laura, and uh, that was one of the first nights Laura really liked me because you hugged me, and she said yeah. that you never hug dudes that she dates because they're douchebags. Well, yeah, that's because of her taste in men. That has nothing to do with me and my hugs. <laughs> um, just for the record. Yeah. But speaking of Christmas and, and Laura, I, I, I know what she's getting you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Is it do, awesome? Yeah. Well, do you want me to tell you? No. I can tell, I'm, 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 it's okay. I'm going to tell you. She's getting you LARPing swords. Some good, good broomsticks. <laughs> Finally! Foam, if I can LARP for the rest of my life, yeah, dude. Lots of duct tape. That's gonna be awesome. Cool. Yeah, so, you know, you and Brad can, can sword fight whenever you want. Cool. We sword fighted in our mouths already. <laughs> <laughs> he just went there. Oh, that's terrible. And um, everybody, hey, that's James. Um, yeah. Hopefully he can do... Uh, James couple... is a member of our listening audience. He is. And well, so... okay. I, I listen sometimes. I listen sometimes. Mostly just when Ryan's Well, on, sometimes it's like 120% of our listening audience. They would have stopped near Brad, it's yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and apparently Cliff. Yeah, our friend Cliff. And in fact, we have some notes from Cliff from the last one. Bear with us a little bit, James. Um, Cliff wrote in. And Cliff so wrote in. We, we like to uh, reward those who listen and write in with uh, responses to their questions. Yes, yeah, so Cliff is or one comments. of the... Actually, he's the only... Him and Brandon are the only people I've actually received comments about the show from. 
Um, he so you did trauma trauma. Um, I was not privy to that. Yeah, that was, cast. Me and Adam. That was you yeah. and Adam. Yeah. But to Cliff Row, even even I couldn't sit through the through the movie, and I didn't have to see it. Perhaps the lack of boob stimulus makes it harder to sit through. Care to yeah. elaborate? What movie was it again? Me and Adam were, we downloaded off Netflix just a, a trauma movie called uh, uh, what was it? Nymphoid Barbarian and Dinosaur Hell. I cannot believe there's no boobs in that. That actually sounds there like There is, but oh, okay. they're like two seconds at the end. That's weak. <laughs> yeah. See, when, when he said that, I thought he was talking about Trauma, the TV show on ABC about the dude, <laughs> the dude who really likes his job. Yeah, the, the emergency personnel. Yeah. A boob it's, a, shot. it's a commercial <laughs> where like five helicopters explode. Yeah. <laughs> they're on slow-mo and everything's yeah. exploding behind so him. So you're... You're, you just say that's a terrible movie and we should never watch it. Well, we knew it was terrible. Like, it's a Trump well, movie. Well, absolutely, so. but I mean, I mean it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's not one of those bad movies that you can watch and you're like, oh, this is so bad, it's good. No. Okay. It's it's so boring. Like, and it actually made for, I guess, for some decent commentary. But yeah, you know, it's always fun. Like our like Saw really 5. I laughed at our Saw 5. I listened to that recently. That was kind of fun. So, but um, apparently Cliff, not even like listening to it, could stand it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, he wrote in on episode 35, TV Land, which, of course, uh, is Dick Van Dyke. Me and Brad are big Dick Van Dyke show fans. Yeah, I couldn't listen to that episode. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you can chime in, buddy. It's okay. Yeah. We, we, we can take criticism. Yeah, we're, we, we look for any kind of comment or suggestions that can improve the show. You know. And uh, Cliff wrote in, I, I liked the different intro music. It really caught me off guard. Of course, you opened with the Dick Van Dyke show as yeah. um, the intro music. I changed music. up our intro music, yeah. And... Uh, you know, the uh, he he lived with us at Zang, and he remembered watching the show with us. As this is his next comment, and yeah, I mean, that's when we really we. This is how cool we were. We would go out Friday night and meet chicks. We would stay in our apartment and watch the Dick Van Dyke show. And be like, hey, remember him dancing and singing? <laughs> we're always envious of like, oh, look at Rob's house parties. How come we don't do that? Yeah, <laughs> all we're doing is watching him have a house party. Yeah. But you know, honestly, no one does like dinner parties anymore, really. I would love to have a dinner party. Thank you. I would too. We should Maybe do a dinner orchestra. party. Problem <laughs> is, the problem is, I would assume that we would have to have tea, and I hate tea. But other than that, like, you know, everybody dress up, sit at a table. You know, I, I soup, th- soup. You know, I don't think you need tea. I think you need martinis. Oh, that's, and you have, that is true. You have like some nice music on in the background, and then we can say stuff like. <laughs> Close the bond on a four one merger, you know. Ah, see, been. see, growing up as a as a Agatha Christie fan, you say you say dinner party. I think, you know, murder. Nineteen twenties England. <laughs> you know what game I got when I was little? I got the Star Trek Next Generation How to Host a Murder <laughs> game, and I've never been able to play it because I've Dude, never had like eight friends. So do it. So we should do that. Like host the Star a, Trek Next Generation yeah. oh, God. murder dinner party. As long as it doesn't have Troy as a cake. You remember that episode? Yeah. Troy was a cake? That killed me for years. Yeah, Star Trek. scared the crap out of me. He has no idea. I I know. I know. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing you said about TV Land, you said Mary Tyler Moore is hot. I've always said that. I agree with Ryan, great legs, not Richie's. Richie's a little shit kid. But Mary Tyler Moore in the 60s is so fucking hot, it's not even funny. Mary Tyler Moore anytime. You know, even in her 70s, I don't think she's that bad. No. I mean, I I mean, I would knock that dusty vag into next week. Oh, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I was telling people what I miss about uh, women from then is Rob comes home from a hard day of work and she says, "Hi, darling, how are you? Dinner's cooked, laundry's done. Now it's, mm, are you gonna take me out to eat and buy me expensive things? Doesn't happen anymore, guys. 
<laughs> that kind of woman's gone. I told that to my for, mom. For you. <laughs> yeah. Laura. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I told that to my mom. My mom said, you know what? That's that's, sedu- uh, that's sexist, what they do to women on that show that make them cook and stuff. I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> so my mom's what? not a fan of... Has she died or is she just not working? Mary Tyler. Oh, no. She's alive. She's, alive. Uh, she's like an advocate now. She really does stuff for uh, some disease. I don't know. Well, that's uh, MS? That's true. I don't diabetes, care about her I just want to see her in something again. Yeah. Nice. It would well, be. Well, I have a... There was, like, this PBS special. Um, what's it? The, the Gin, Gin Game. Gin. It has, like, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore in their, like, 70s acting in some kind of play. Huh. On, you know, a filmed version of a play. And uh, it's pretty good. Dick Van Dyke says fuck and <laughs> yells at her. It's, like, the opposite Wait, of the PBS? Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. That's yeah, it's it was epic. Really, I found it like a King Supers DVD <laughs> <laughs> Um The next one Cliff wrote in was Ticketmaster. Obviously, Ticketmaster is me and Brad went through his ticket collection and remember to do. That was good. Uh, I listened to that whole thing. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. Uh, and then Cliff said, "I think I picked up the ticket stub collecting habit somewhere around the turn of the millennium. It's nice. It's a nice size collection myself, though its growth rate has slowed over the last several years." And you were saying that too, and I agree. You know, we kind of see movies that we want to see. I, I remember when we were younger, we just go see anything that came out. Mm-hmm. And then you, you I mean, you see, you know, ticket stubs. I mean, I even have the DVD for like I Spy and stuff. You're like, hmm, not so much. I own I Spy. That's a that's a fun movie. Yeah, that's okay. I agree. But yeah, I did the same thing. I have my. I'm not as old as you guys, so <laughs> the, like the oldest ones I have are for the re-release of Star Wars back when they first ruined it. Um, that was Brad's <laughs> first one too. Yeah, that, no, that is true. I remember that now, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, technically, I have tickets back to older than you do. You know, weird way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Cliff takes a stab at me. He says, Ryan really liked The Mummy because he has a man crush on Dwayne Johnson. Wait, was he in the movie? No, never mind. Anyway, Ryan wants <laughs> Dwayne Johnson in a bad way. You know, it's hard for me to argue that. Cliff means Mummy Returns. The Mummy the Returns. Mummy. Yeah. Um, you know, I do like Dwayne Johnson a lot. Until I saw the trailer for the Tooth Fairy, <laughs> yeah, and I've lost bad. a lot of respect for him. <laughs> he he could be really good if he just stopped making movies with little girls. I agree. I think he should be like the next Bruce Willis or something. I think he should, he should make action movies that are fucking awesome. Yeah, not because the shit. rundown is great. Yeah. It is great. That movie is great. It is great. I agree. He's pretty good in Get Smart too. He's good in Get Smart. Not as much action, but yeah. you know he he has the charisma to be in movies. He just needs to stop making shit movies. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the Tooth Fairy, but when uh, the CGI looks like something I could do, I have some concerns about it. Even if all he were doing were more like Scorpion King era or type action films that are crap, but at least have action in them, that would be more fun. See, I didn't even mind the Scorpion King because it reminded me of a little bit of Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, you know? no, no, yeah, it was it was certainly fun. But what he's doing now is things like uh, like back when Hulk Hogan was doing Mister Nanny. <laughs> yeah, Mi- I love yeah, Suburban yeah. Command. Mister no, Nanny, <laughs> Suburban Command. That's the one I was just about to say. Suburban Command is great. Where he cuts that guy's hand off with a envelope or something like that. Folds the bar into a bunny. It's great. Um, then he did Ticketmaster too, and uh, he says he doesn't remember the road, uh, the chair in the road after the ring. Many of good American movies are simply remakes of Japanese and other countries' movies. Um, I'm surprised he doesn't remember that because I do. I didn't remember him being there. I thought it was just you and me. Yeah, but I guess. But I guess he was there too. Um, and then he says he haven't he hasn't seen the time machine, but the book kicks ass. It does. It does. My favorite yeah. Wells. I don't really remember the movie. I remember that there was like monsters in it. Um, they kind of get things backwards as far as the relationship between the between the people. But yeah, 
the movie's not great. It's not a great adaptation, but I like the way they, they gave him an actual motivation for time travel. Like, yeah. the first 20 or 30 minutes of that movie are really great. I think there's something wrong with the movie when I'm sitting there laughing at his wife's death. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. No, uh, yeah. 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 Like, that's hilarious. Uh, and then uh, Cliff's going to take another shot at me in Ticketmaster <laughs> 3. Um, it says, it's funny, in, early in the cast, Ryan talks about how he was with bitch face and he would be all apologetic or whatever. But now I say, whatever I want, I do whatever I want. That's, I guess, how I say it. Uh, <laughs> and then dot, dot, dot. Then, when Laura calls, he puts on his lovey-dovey voice and says, sorry, baby, <laughs> we're doing a podcast. Can I call you back? Sorry. Hee-hee, dick. <laughs> um, nothing has changed in Ryan, only his girl, who used to be a bitch, but now is replaced with awesomeness, or awesome dariness. I, I love that that word's catching on. <laughs> Remember, you heard it in our second podcast ever. It'll be in the dictionary soon. It will be in... If I get um, contacted by Miriam Webster, I'll be like, yes, finally. The way things are going, they'll call you next week. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> hey, I agree. Um, A is in the Canadian one. I saw that at the Avalanche game. Really? E-H. <laughs> I, I had no respect for them after they added muggle. Did they That's really? Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years ago, back like... So what's the definition of muggle? Like it, Whatever it is in that stupid It's a human movie. It's a human in the wizard world. Yeah. Oh. It's somebody without wizardry powers. And now... So muggle, dash, human without wizard powers. It ought to just say see human. See <laughs> <laughs> human. <laughs> Now we're getting to the point of the show, which we're actually here for. Yes. And that is our holiday extravaganza. Brad's wearing a top hat. You can't see it, but yes. he looks dapper. This is my it's a really nice hat. top ten movie. Uh, Just don't go to a fourth theater, please. Huh? Is there anything in that hat? There was a rabbit, because I used it for Halloween when I was the eccentric billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went to a... Uh, uh, like a bar party, and I would like just pull it off and then pull out the rabbit in front of girls. Was it an actual rabbit? Uh, no, it was. It, it wasn't like a ten dollar rabbit. I got it. I got it at uh, Borders. It went with some book. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady behind the counter, when I was checking, I was like, "Oh, this is a really good book." And I was like, "I don't know. I guess uh, I'll buy it later. I just want the rabbit right now." Because you can't get like a a white rabbit at like Target or something, huh. or Walmart. And I want to so. say you stu- you stu- you stepped over my presidential assassination joke. I said, don't go to Ford Theater wearing that thing. <laughs> I don't think there's any uh, chance of that happening, but I will um, watch you, my you, back. You need to go to a theater like you need a hole in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, we're doing our top ten movies of 2009. Um, you know, I've been working on this for a while. I, I bumped some things out to put my like personal favorites in it, movies I like to watch. Um, did you guys have any problems choosing your movies? James? Um, well, I I do this every year. I had problems choosing my movies because I hadn't seen Up in the Air yet, but I saw it this morning, so that's all over. But we still, none of us have seen Sherlock Holmes, and that could be up there. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, the only problem I had with, like, doing the show this early is because, yeah, like, Sherlock yeah, Holmes Sherlock still, Holmes. you know, that's, I wonder if that's something I would really like from this year, but yeah. at the same time, we don't have a lot of time to, because there's only two weeks left before. Yep. But yeah, what you're talking yeah, about is, is usually why I do, I usually do a list of 20, because that way, like, in my top 10, I get the movies that are actually my favorite, but then in the 11 to 20, I get the movies from this year, like Adventureland and Zombieland, that I really, really loved and really want people to go out there and see, but are not the movies that I'm going to, like, want to buy the day they come out and, and keep forever. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like the exact same problem I had. Like, I had a list of 20, and I actually only really, really cared, like, the top five so I was like the last five I was struggling like well do I want to put stuff on here like I liked everything else but like what else 
did I like more? Like, how do I rank these? Yeah. Like, like which would I rather watch this one over this one? But that didn't work because I was like, well, that depends on my mood. And then I was like, well, should I, I don't want to put this on here because I'm sure it'll be on their list. So maybe I want to promote a lesser known movie that I liked. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like the only trouble I had is like, what else do I fill up the rest of this list with? Huh. So. Right on, guys. Yeah. So, um, do you want me to start or do you want to crack the egg and scramble it and make the first uh well let's Maybe. let our guests start yeah, yeah. how about you start with, with number num- 10 with my number 10 right. you're number 10 james my hit number us with 10 it. is going to be the road officials have declared a state of emergency what's happening Y'all come on the truck. You look at him again, I'll shoot you in the head. I don't think you killed a man in your life. They're gonna catch up with us. Why did you choose the road, James? Um, well, because it was it was slightly lower on the list than everything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved the book for the road and was really excited to go see that movie. And I, I thought it was really great. Um, it, it falls a little short from the book, um, just in, in how connected you get to the characters. But it, fantastic movie, tonally just amazing. Um, you know, that was one of mine that was on the cut because what I liked about that movie. Is that if there was an apocalypse, I think that's kind of how it would go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of this overblown, huge production, you know, 2012. Right, it's an, it's an apocalypse movie that's not an action movie. Exactly. And it's the one movie where you can justify Charlize Theron looking ugly. <laughs> you know, because she... She doesn't look ugly compared to the other movies she's you know, looked ugly in. 
But she, if you notice, lately she's just doing movies. She's like, how can I make my yeah. Amazonian body and hotness be yeah. ugly? That's that's kind of why I wanted to do. I want them to actually do a Brazilian job so that she can be good in a movie again. I'm I'm really tired of her just being in like the little, little independent films, not looking good and not yeah. even doing much of a role. But you know, Viggo Mortensen again, he freaking rocks. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I was always uncomfortable watching Eastern Promises and watching his cock for like you know <laughs> two minutes while yeah. he's fighting, but he still kicks ass in the scene. Yeah. But no, that movie's good, and you know the the movie really was held together by the performances of him and his son. Yeah. Because if those guys aren't believable, then fuck the rest of the movie. Yeah, and the whole the whole story as sort of um, this this almost tall tale about the apocalypse and how how we're supposed to live our lives as humans and, and treat other people in our lives. Even in the book was was so fantastic, and they did a really good job uh, translating that into film. I agree. You know, um, his son took compassion on people, where his father lived in the sphere of other people. And I loved how they tied everything together at the end. It really was a dog following them. It really was people yeah. who just wanted to help following him. Yeah. And, the, you know, the father was too blinded by keeping his son alive and his own well-being and distrust of people that kind of led to his own demise. Yeah, and that, that somewhat ambiguous ending, which is sort of a, a, a trope of, of Cormac McCarthy, is really good and, and something that sort of leaves you unsettled at the end of that movie. It's memorable. And who doesn't love the dude getting shot with a flare? Oh, that was great, yes. Man. Yeah, and the way that movie is shot is just fantastic. I agree. I agree. Brad, are you doing your number 10, or am I doing mine? Oh, I thought you were still talking about The Road. No, Um, no, no, we can be done with The Road. uh, I'll do mine. And my number 10 is Zombieland. (laughs) Cue trailer. Planet Earth. Home. To over six billion people. Today, our very existence is threatened by epidemics, climate change, and dwindling resources. But those are the least of our problems. Welcome to Zombieland. Mother always told me, someday you'll be good, son. I mean, I don't think she could have guessed that that something would be zombie killing. What do you think? Zombie killer of the week? Close, but no cigar. Zombie killer of the week went to Miss Cynthia Knickerbocker. Gotta enjoy the little things. Fellas really let themselves go. Zombie land. You guys want some Purell? Yes. Yeah. See, that's, that's Isn't why, that trailer, trailer hilarious? <laughs> that's why Brad keeps me in here, because I keep him on point. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, but anyways, go ahead, Brad, sorry. Yeah, Zombieland is hilarious. Um, I guess um, 
people have probably seen it by now, so the Bill Murray cameo was Spoilers. fantastic. I read that, um, or I listened to, uh, there's this other podcast, um, I Love Movies, Doug Benson. He has the director on that show, and uh, the director, I guess, Bill Murray was like the 20th choice for that part. Yeah. Um, what was the first choice? So yeah. Joe Pesci? No, Patrick Swayze, right? Yeah, it was Swayze. Patrick Swayze, yeah. And they wondered if like, it would be, be in bad taste for him to <laughs> play as uh, a zombie. So, uh, but yeah, Bill Murray knocked out the park. and Sort of like the, the other kind of apocalypse movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I, I did? What I did like about uh, Zombieland, and you'll see later on my list, uh, <laughs> is you know I, I like the fact that the kid actually has rules that everybody should have followed from the beginning. You know, the Absolutely. double tap, always wear a seatbelt. You know, don't go into a room you don't know. I mean, these are all things people. When you watch any horror movie, no matter what it is, you go seriously, dude. You're gonna walk into yeah. an empty room and that's the frustrating thing but, about like other horror movies. It's like agreed. those rules, like you're watching for, and you're just like, really, you're gonna do that? And the one thing too I don't like about some horror movies, especially zombie movies, is when people are like, "What are those?" Like, no one has any idea what's going on. I fucking hate that. At, yeah, the, at the same time, it was a movie that was aware of those rules and then didn't even make a joke about the fact that the other characters were breaking them at the end the, the their plan at the end of that movie is like some of the worst nonsense yeah. that I've oh seen. agreed like agreed we're gonna isolate and you just i was waiting for somebody to make a joke about it and it never happened but yeah no, maybe the unrated fantastic. cook yeah. yeah that's the only weird part is yeah they go to the amusement park and it's just like why would you but you know too though the director or the movie didn't waste any time with the yeah. zombie showing up you know it's a oh look at all the fun they're having as soon as those things hit yeah. they're coming yeah. And they got a ride, maybe one ride, and then when they got in the second one, they were trapped. And it's, it's interesting because one of the things before that movie came out that was used to sort of um, put it down was that people were saying, oh, well, it's just going to be sort of the Americanized version of Shaun of the Dead. And you see it, and the truth is, it is, and that is a really good thing. Yeah, like, agreed. It's a, it's a really fun, more action-y type of Shaun of the Dead. It's not quite as, as dry, and I, I love Shaun of the Dead. Ah. It's just, it is a different movie. We, we're allowed to have two of those. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And the zombie kills are good too. It's not just yes. you know yes. shotguns and bullets. It's you know and the girl from next door. And... You know you knew that she was going to turn into a zombie, yeah. but mm-hmm. they still handled it in a really <laughs> cool way. You know, where he hits her in the face with the the ceramic <laughs> toilet bowl that, that cover. Really great. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, my number ten is more for me than probably anybody else <laughs> listening. So my number ten is Friday the Thirteenth. He was my son, and today is his birthday. (laughs) You won't believe my parents' cabin. Here we are. Pretty nice, huh? sister she's gone missing have you seen her she ain't missing she's dead people go missing around here they're gone for good Camp 
Crystal Lake. Okay, and before... I'm surprised it wasn't higher. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know... Uh, the 2009 version. The 2009 version, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously you're not cheating. The one reason I, I enjoyed the movie is because they actually made Jason scary again. Towards the end of his little reign of terror, he kind of became a parody of himself. Where, are you really scared of Jason, or you just go there for the blood and guts? Yeah, Jason Jason X was pretty scary, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and the, Freddy vs. Jason was awesome. See, I like Freddy vs. Jason too, but you know, going back and watching that movie, and I was going to write a blog of my um, ranking my favorite Jason actors who portray the character because I'm just such a fan that I notice the nuances in the character that maybe somebody else doesn't notice. So when I watch, you know, the new one that came out, I really enjoyed the Jason there because he was relentless. He didn't care, and he just plowed through people like Jason should be. Then I watched Jason, Freddy vs. Jason recently, and the way the actor portrayed him is really clumsy. And, yeah, and I didn't like Kane. that. Exactly. It, but when Kate Hodder did it, he made his Jason angry. He was still walking and slow and still had a little edge of campness, but he still was angry. But I like that one too. Um, do yourself a favor, though, get the Blu ray killer cut because the deaths are way more elaborate than they, they showed in the, uh, the theater version. Like, the best one is the douchebag who's the biggest douchebag in the movie. You know he's going to get it bad. But in the in the theater cut, he gets stabbed through the chest and is thrown on the back of a towing spike, I guess. In the killer cut, he's sawed basically from his gut all the way up to his chest, and then he's thrown on it. So, you know, you miss a lot of the mean Jason and stuff. And I put it up there because they brought back the coolness of Jason in Friday the 13th. You know, like the, the, like my, uh, one of my beasts with that movie is like as cool and as they, you know, as cool as the remake is, like, some of the deaths are kind of weak. Mm-hmm. Like, he kills that one girl by slamming her against a coat hanger. Oh, I agree. <laughs> like, can you really die from getting punctured in the back with a coat hanger? It's not even, like, a folded coat hanger? It's not like she's... No, it's just, like, a little, like, as long as my finger sticking out of the wall. Yeah, see, and the setup for that like, scene might... was so great. For him to kill her that way sucked. Yeah. Because, you know, she's going through the bathroom, and she pulls apart the curtain really fast, and there's no one there. Then she kind of backs up, and then you see Jason behind her. Like, the, the setup for the scene was great, but the payoff was... Yeah. It's like, didn't it? Meh. Like, I can understand it puncturing you and like, ouch, that hurts, but, like, really <laughs> instant death? <laughs> yeah. Ow! Not, not buying it. So. So, anyway. Yeah. All different movies. Right on, guys. All right. On to number nine. All right, so my number nine is one that's definitely for me and was a movie that I... Possibly before this year that I was looking forward to most... Uh, my number nine is uh, The Brothers Bloom. 
you find me? It's actually pretty simple. We're brothers. And I've come to the conclusion that you don't want out. You think you do, but you don't. Where are we going? New Jersey. Let me grab my coat. This will be the last one. I'll never ask you to do another con again. The largest private residence on the eastern seaboard, home of our final mark. Penelope Stamp lived at home her whole life. So what kind of stuff do you do? I collect hobbies. She's an artist of nitroglycerin. It's kind of her thing. Max Million Melville at your service. I didn't expect him to actually be Belgian. I'm not sure he is. We're taking a steamer at noon tomorrow off the docks. It's like an adventure story. What's the con? We go to St. Petersburg to be our guys in a phony setup who then double cross us and kill us all. She drives off on the run from imaginary Russians. And we keep her money. How much? 2.5 million. You're a genius, Stephen. Trick to not feeling cheated is to learn how to cheat. Sometimes I feel like she knows everything. Okay, she's in position. Why send her in alone? Because no one's gonna even know we were ever here. I think a little real danger might suit me. You built us into this, you're gonna end it. Bloom, trust me. You guys seem a little tense. That's not how this one's gonna end. Are you ready? This isn't an adventure story. Ooh, interesting choice. Thank you, thank you. I was a huge fan of Brick. And so when I heard this movie was coming out, um, I, I was like, this is going to be fantastic. And then from the very beginning where it's, uh, if I remember correctly, it's rhyming iambic pentameter for the whole introduction of the movie. Ridiculous. Nothing you've ever seen before. Um, and then it's just a really good sort of movie about brothers, and it's a really good con movie that sort of subverts the, the normal con genre. It was just really fantastic. Did either of you see it? I have not seen it. So I wanted to, but so I missed it. So you've just piqued oh. my interest to see that movie. Yeah, and no, it comes out on DVD in like a week. Well, <laughs> they did this weird thing where they released um, they released it on DVD for rental, mm. but then it's not till January that it comes out for sale. They're trying to like, you know, mm. get artificial hype from the movie by having it rental only for a while. But yeah, when when you can actually see that movie, I, I would I would say rush out and get it because it's fantastic. Now I have seen Brick, and I've always wondered. Is that just a movie where it's like an adult story and dialogue, but it's just being played by kids? Um, like that's the in interest of it? Well, no, I would say that it's more a, a story about kids um, that is then who are acting like adults with adult dialogue. Um, it's, it's hard to kind of put your finger on that, what exactly that Like it feels is. like it's this like really deep, dark mystery, but it's like set in this like young like average everyday setting. Yeah, I guess the easiest way to say to define it is it is a it is a like 50s noir film set in a high school. Yeah. So it's like it's like uh, the Maltese Falcon only there are high school students. But really fantastic and, and and not just that they're high school students because some of the things that are important in that high, in that story like how um, how that main character looks down on everybody else is very much about them being in high school. It's not just that they're kids. 
Brothers Bloom is, is really fantastic. And, uh, Rachel Weiss is incredible. She's really fun, and I've never had as much fun with her in a movie as, as in Brothers Bloom. That's good, because, you know, I've lost a lot of the respect for her. I liked her in uh, Enemy at the Gates. Yeah. Yeah. Your phone. All right, I guess I'll do my number nine. Do my fancy little note cards. You can't see them at home, but I printed out posters and big old titles on these little note cards for myself. Makes me feel bad for having done as little work as I. Did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only thought it up this morning. I was like, I want to. But Brad puts 110 percent in, no matter what he does. Hear that, lady. 110%. This is the year-end review. I want to make it as grand and as extraordinary as possible. So, here it is. Brad's number nine is Inglorious Bastards. Ten hut! I'm putting together a special team. We're going to be doing one thing and one thing only. Killing Nazis. Sound good? Yes, sir! I'm going to assume you know who we are. Everybody in the German army's heard of you probably heard we ain't in the prisoner taking business we in the killing nazi business and cousin business is a booming <laughs> if you ever want to eat a sauerkraut sandwich again take your wiener schnitzel leg and finger and point out on this map what i want to know i respectfully refuse hey donnie guys german here wants to die for country oblige him An American Secret Service outfit lives deep behind enemy lines. The Germans call them the Bastards. These Yanks have been them the devil. We're all tickled to hear you say that. The Germans are throwing a gala premiere. In attendance will be most of the German high command. You'll rendezvous with our double agent. She'll take it from there. You're getting us in that premiere. That's suicide. What else are we going to do? Go home? What's the plan? We punch those goons out, take their machine guns, and burst in there blasting. Is that the plan? That's about it. Or not. There's something you don't know. Hitler is attending the premiere. Getting a whack on Adolf makes us a horse of different color. We have all our rotten eggs in one basket. The objective of the operation, blow up the basket. Give you a little something you can't take off. You're getting pretty good at that. You're now in the hands of the SS. My hands, to be exact. Yes, 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 yes. Very nice choice. He wants his scalps, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've watched this movie twice in the past week. Oh really? It's yeah, awesome. Like I watched it by myself, and then my parents found out I had it, so I showed them. And you watched it with your parents? Okay. <laughs> I made them come down to my basement, watch it on my Blu-ray player, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. But that opening scene um, between the Frenchman and the the German officer is maybe one of the best written and best acted scenes I've seen in a so long. So much long. T- oh, like uneasy absolutely. tension. Yeah. That that whole movie, and I mean. The best villain of the year, easily. Agreed. Um, and I would say he's better than the villains of the past few years. I, I think he's better than the Joker. I think he's better than uh, even Javier Bardem in, in No Country. 
um, which is probably slightly controversial, but... <laughs> I'd he, say the Joker one's fantastic. the controversial one. But... Well, yeah, yeah, the Joker's the controversial one, but um, they are both... He and Javier Bardem are both sort of messengers of chaos. But, uh, that makes, that's what makes a good villain, is like the smiling villain. Like, you just, you don't know what he's going to do next, because he's pr projecting a false... Well, I mean, when he kills the uh, the German actress, I mean, that's out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But he's, uh, you know, it's a, a brilliant move on, on Tarantino's part to have the main villain in a movie about Nazis where you're trying to kill Hitler be someone who really is not a Nazi. Like, he's a, he is a Nazi, but only because at the moment it serves him to be a Nazi. You know, by the end of the movie we realize that he is just trying to, you know, better himself. Well, not better himself. Yeah. But, but, but get himself move up in the world. Yeah, yeah. but I, I love, too, the end where Brad Pitt's, you know, saying, yeah, you think I'm just going to let you go? No, not a chance <laughs> in hell. There were... There Freaking were, brilliant. Yeah, there were gasps in my theater the first time I saw that scene. <laughs> yeah, when he kills his scalp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, love he, it. Man. I do not love that fantastic. movie. The other amazing thing is there's only, like, maybe four scenes in that whole movie. Like, there's okay. the farmhouse, then it goes to, uh, like, the forest with the bastards. Then it goes to the girls' theater. Mm -hmm. Then there's like the the dining room, and then it goes back to like the theater, and like that's where they it. turn Hitler's face into hamburger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like little, there's only like five settings. There's a lot of like little scenes in there too. So there's really only there's only like five major pieces of that movie. Yeah, um, there's little things that introduce you to ideas, but then there's scenes that go on for 15 or 20 minutes where you don't even really know what's going on until the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the suspense in that is fantastic. And also, like, I forgot about how uh, they're playing the card game, and they, uh, like, I never, like, I forgot about it, but when I first listened to it, like, equating King Kong to, like, the slave trade, <laughs> I was like, is that why that movie was that popular back then? Because they were still kind of into slaves <laughs> when that movie came <laughs> I, out. I, I have no idea. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I, it never occurred to me. Like, I don't think it is. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, it would certainly change because I, I love the twenty-three version of that, and well, I, I love Peter Jackson too. I would hate oh, to yeah. think that that movie is actually about slavery. Yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah, on my note card, I put clever written, uh, high tension, hyper violent, and and it also featured a European cast, most you know, except for a couple of the bastards. But they actually use like famous European actors with the real accents and everything. And spoilers. But you get to see Hitler shot in the face. Yeah. Like Hitler, Hitler hasn't died in America since you know, Captain America fought him back in the Yeah, place. he did. Like that—that that was fantastic. You know, like the Jews paid extra to see, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> to see as was, many was times as made possible. by Weinstein? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Weinstein brothers, like fucking get that asshole. Yeah, I like yeah. to greenlight a movie. It's about uh, killing Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> greenlit hundred times over. Yeah. And, oh, oh, and did I mention that at the end we're gonna shoot Hitler and burn him a lot? Well, yeah. burn dead. I guess he's not alive. He doesn't get away in this one. You know. Yeah, that was really fantastic. Sweet. Um, my number nine is gonna create a tiss among us, the snob movie guys here. Um, mine is uh, Harry Potter and Half Blood Prince. known magic very dark very powerful this time I cannot hope to destroy it alone times like these dark times it can bring people together take my hand 
and they can tear them apart. These girls, they're gonna kill me, Harry. This year, Voldemort has chosen Draco Malfoy for a mission. Evil will pass through from their world into our own. These are mad times we live in, mad! And the darkest hour, beyond anything I imagined, is upon us all. In my life, I've seen things that are truly horrific. Now I know you will see worse. Without you, would leave the fate of our world to chance. You have no choice. You must not fail. It's over. From Warner Brothers Pictures. Bullshit, Ryan. <laughs> I agree, 100% agree. Um, if you're a fan of the series like I am, um, that movie actually was fun, engaging, even though you kind of, if you've read the books, you know how it's going to end. But still, I, I think the ability for them to pull off those movies is amazing, especially when they came from the first ones that Chris Columbus did that were really like saccharine and candy coated and like, oh boy, we're wizards! And to go into the dark realm where a major character dies. Dumbledore. Dun, 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 dun. Snape kills Dumbledore 686. Yep. And uh, so, you know, it's... I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. And I thought, I mean, there's parts in that movie, especially if you have it on Blu-ray, that just blow your mind, special effects-wise. When they're in they're in a cavern and all the dead things that they're conjuring up are attacking Harry Potter and Dumbledore. And it's just fantastic. And I, 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 I like the movie. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't be too harsh since I didn't actually see it, but I have always hated those movies. Um, well, I liked the first one. The second one is basically the same movie again, and then the third one I just despise, uh, yeah. even though that's everyone's favorite. But. Yeah, I, I missed the most recent one. I still haven't watched it. I've, I've seen all the others, but I really don't mind them. Like, I think they're pretty good compared to, like, a lot of kids' movies. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, like, that's my, one of my beasts with them is they're basically the same story in each one. Yeah. It's always like... Harry Potter uh, senses dump or uh, Voldemort's around. <gasps> no one believes him. He said him his name. <laughs> Sorry. You mean like they he who shall not be named? Yeah. yeah, and like, yeah. No matter after six movies, they're still questioning like whether or not he's around after all this evidence, you know. And then, um, and actually, I don't mind like the Chris Columbus style of being so sugarcoated because like at that age, with the kids are in, like it makes sense for that style of movie. And as they those kids grow up, like, their lives do get darker and stuff, so, like, the tone... You the would. Change in tone. Well, and, and people give Chris Columbus a hard time, but he sets up a lot of the tone of those movies, and they wouldn't be the same as they are now if it weren't for... Oh, no, he's still the executive producer of them. Yeah. So he still has a lot to say in how they're made. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just the look of them, you know, th- those, those first two felt kind of like 
you know, the, the movies like Back to the Future that I loved from the 80s um, that were just sort of getting you into the mind of a child and then having some, some wonderment in them. You know. I saw that movie Magic. Yes, the movie Magic. I've heard of that. Is movie magic gone now, guys? Do we just are we so snobby now as audiences that when we see Transformers, we're like, meh. Uh, it is it is for you guys, but I've seen Avatar, so no. <laughs> All right, so for uh, my number nine, I chose. I think where you're on eight, sir. Yeah, you're on. Eight. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, we'll go with eight. Uh, nine again. Round right. eight. Here we go. All right, so so for my number nine, I went with where the wild things are. Oh. I'm Max. I'm an explorer. I travel by sea. I used to travel by air. Obviously, you have no home or family. Well, I have one of those, but... But you ate them all? No. I have no plans to eat anybody. You are now the king, and you will be a truly great king. Hey, King, what's your first order of business? It's the Wild Rumpus Star! Well, this is our family. I'm our, I put the holes in the trees. This is Judith. You don't really need to know me. Kind of a downer. That's Alexander. I hate this tree! Well, he just wants attention. Don't give him the satisfaction. (laughs) That's Douglas. I count on him for everything. We'll take care of each other and we'll all sleep together in a real pile. Did you make this? Yeah, it's gonna be a place where only the things you want to happen would happen. We can totally build a place like that. It's all yours. You're the owner of this world. It'll just follow you around. So yeah, uh, this was absolutely fantastic. The first 20 minutes of this movie before Max is actually in the past is is the best portrayal of what it's like to be a kid I think I've ever seen. And it was heartbreaking in the smallest little things. Just where he would put, where Spike Jones would put the camera was was brilliant. And uh, you know, there are little things like like him getting trampled in the snow were just heartbreaking in a way that I, I don't think I've seen especially from a movie that supposedly is for kids that yeah Where the Wild Things are was great yeah I, th- I thought the special effects were amazing yeah like bringing those characters to life and um, I like that it disturbed parents <laughs> yeah like gotta shake up those kids movies once in a while because they're so factory processed um, but um, yeah I, I, it's, it's it's and the other thing is like it's a movie about being a kid 
it's not movie for kids, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's something that I, um, I have a hard time actually telling people to take their kids to, especially, like, families I know that are divorced or anything like that. Like, if little kids in that situation, I would never tell them to go see that movie because it's, it's, a, it's a really good portrayal, I would imagine, of, of what those kids would feel like. Um, it's, it's a really hard movie. It's, it's the kind of movie that I I almost cried at, and so to, to tell kids to go see that is, is difficult. I also describe it as the daddy hit mommy at the dinner table type movie. Oh, totally. With the monsters, once, uh, what's his name? Uh, Carol. Carol. Like, he's got that switch where at any second he could just go off and uh, just be angry and, just, like, shocking, and it's, it's unnerving. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, like, you don't want to be at the movie anymore. Like, that's how it makes you feel. The way that those characters at any one moment are representative of, of two or three characters in Max's real life, where, you know, Carol sometimes is him, and Carol sometimes is, is Max's dad, or, you know, yeah, real dad. Um, it, really fantastic. And, and don't blink, you'll you'll miss Mark Ruffalo as the boyfriend in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't need to be there. Totally. It's okay. I, you know, I, I, the special effects are incredible, but I... I, I, I because I just came from a divorced family. No, <laughs> the the uncomfortableness in the movie I think really did detract me from enjoying it because it's constantly uncomfortable and it's hard to root for Max as a lead character. Oh, totally. Because he's a little shit, and you know I understand that's what he was going for. Yeah. And I, I, that's why some people I've been reading online about top ten lists. It's in a lot of top ten lists because of that and yeah. just the wonderment of it. And I don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. That's what's, what's kind of interesting about it, is that it's really... If you go back to that original book, and, and you know, I remember feeling this way when I read it as a kid, that I'm not entirely sure what the point of that book is supposed to be. You know, like, like the kid is a snot, he runs off, and then he comes back, and, and he gets cake. Um, and, and the movie does a really good job of actually making you feel like he has learned something um, through, this, through this trip. And when he comes back, he kind of... You know, he doesn't deserve cake so much in the physical world, but we know that he has improved uh, his personality, at least. Yeah, I never read the book as a kid, and then a couple weeks after we saw the movie, me and Ryan were hanging at Barnes & Noble. I was like, oh, I should finally read this, and it's, you know, it's brief. Yeah. So I'm flipping through, I'm just like, what's the point of this? It just has nice <laughs> pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's really kind of a bizarre little kid's book. It's not one... There, there is not a clear message in that book, and so that makes it hard to sort of determine whether or not it's even a good adaptation of that book or not because it's it's, it's pretty different yeah is that so is that what you get the caldecott for it's just like a nice nicely drawn book because <laughs> it's it's that's, that's the word right for caldecott i have no idea sure uh, i know what the hugo is hugo that's for science fiction that's right yeah. on red all right, my number eight is if I can flip the card over. Cockmongers. Oh. <laughs> uh, Brad's number eight is Star Trek. I couldn't believe it when the bartender told me who you are. Why are you talking to me, man? Your father was captain of a starship for twelve minutes. He saved eight hundred lives. Including yours. I dare you to do better. Enlist in Starfleet. 
you will experience fear. Fear in the face of certain death. Pull your chute! We received a distress call. I've been waiting for this day my whole life. This day of reckoning. We've got no captain and no first officer to replace him. Yeah, we do. You are capable of deciding your own destiny. The question is, which path will you choose? James T. Kirk was a great man, but that was another life. They're locking torpedoes. Emergency evasive! Fire everything! The 2009 version. <laughs> uh, so I guess first I should start off by saying that I you know, like I, I like this movie, but um, it doesn't quite honor the original spirit of Star Trek. It captures the uh, characters. Like it's good at recreating those uh, like their essence, but the actual story itself is just completely like popcorn fare. Like it's not about. Uh, the advancement of the human race or like challenging social um, dilemmas it's it's just pure like good guys versus bad guys so you I'm looking at like James I think he has something to say about it uh, well no I, I agree with you that like the actual plot itself is 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 absolutely that it's, it's good guys versus bad guys um, and, and that is sort of a you know constant in the Kurtzman Orsi films but I would say that I disagree that it's that it's not in the spirit of old science, of old Star Trek, because it, the movie really, for me, the story is is for that movie is, is about Spock. Um, they do a really good job at having each of those characters in the movie not just seem like the original characters, but they give them um, an actual character arc, and especially Spock, who we sort of see him struggling with his humanity, and then with his half humanity. I don't know how to describe that. Um, we see him struggling with that humanity, and then he. Uh, through his friendship with Kirk, we, we, we see sort of the genesis of that friendship and, and what that actually means to Spock, which is actually something we never saw in the original. You know, they were they were friends because they were next to each other, and now we kind of understand that they're friends because Kirk shows him the, the benefits of his half-human side. Um, but I would I would certainly agree that it's definitely a, a, an action movie and one of the f- most fun movies that I had this year yeah that's the thing is like it was fun to watch like and yeah to watch those characters like use each other to grow and develop and um and it sucks that Simon Pegg's not in it more but yeah. like it is fun like it is fun and it's got the best you know Star Trek special effects ever yes <laughs> and uh, I would say since it's going to be uh, on my list later um part of the reason that it's higher on my list is just because of JJ JJ has gotten so good 
Um, and if you go and you watch, I don't know if you have the Blu-ray yet or not, but if you watch the special features, you realize that he is doing the kind of really smart filmmaking, smart and cheap filmmaking that, that people have been doing for the last 30 years, and that he makes it he makes it look like a normal Transformers movie that's worth, you know, or that was made for half twice as much money, because um, he's just he's really talented. That movie is is pretty and cheap. Mm-hmm. I'll chime in right now because <clears throat> I popped my cherry on this Star Trek. Good for you. I've never seen Star Trek. I've seen episodes sprinkled about. I showed you six and when I, we tried to record that yeah. episode. And I, don't I, saw, I don't know why you chose six. but okay. Six I, I, is actually my favorite. I know really? two is the best one, and I'll show that to him later. But and four. I enjoyed four's six. Good. Four's good. Four's like too... Like it's too... Uh, it's it's a little campy modern. and fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be... Yeah, to, yeah, go. Sorry. No, it's okay. No, um, but I, I agree with James. Um, it's higher on my list, too. Only because so many movies you go to nowadays try to be so serious and so 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 down and you go to a movie that's why i love the spider-man series and i love star trek because i go there and i just had fun watching the movie the whole time yeah. there's no part in the movie i'm like uh now we have to have a serious scene even the serious scenes you still enjoy the movie the performances were great um chris pine as captain kirk was freaking awesome mm-hmm. and you know just see that was a surprise yeah because yeah. i didn't even know who he was before I, I think i've seen him in a couple movies like off movies but i wasn't sure but just seeing I don't know, I've never seen a Star Trek before, and going there, and I'll say this now, and after seeing, um, being exposed to J.J. Abrams first on uh, Mission Impossible 3, and then going back and seeing his earlier work, he is the most reliable and the most fun Hollywood person today. He, he Him and Josh Whedon, to me, are about the same, where I can watch Josh Whedon and enjoy his movies, and I can watch J.J. Abrams and know he made a good product, because his movies are fun. Especially after I watched Alias, because when I saw Mission Impossible 3, and it starts with that intense scene where Tom Cruise is tied up, and he says, don't kill my wife, don't kill my wife, and then it cuts, goes back like 72 hours. He does the same things on his TV shows. Yeah. And, you know, just, and so watching Star Trek, and it's so beautiful, and it's so expertly shot, and I I just think it's just a fantastic movie. And speaking of special effects, I was listening to the commentary by Nicholas Meyer on Star Trek 2. And he was talking about the production design and like the shortfalls and everything, like the Genesis planet special effects, like inside the cavern and stuff, yeah. and also the like the design of the uh, the bridge itself. Like you want to make it darker and more like a submarine. And he was like talking about the view screen and how like on all Star Treks it's always been like a TV. And what he wanted to do was have it a glass window, but like in 1982, like that wasn't really feasible and. Uh, here in two, uh, 2009, we see J.J. Abrams making the, all the bridge view screens, the glass window with the computer overlays on it, which is cool because it finally got realized. Yeah, yeah, they talk about that same thing on the on the new one about trying to make it feel as much like uh, submarine fights as possible. Yeah, that movie is fantastic, and we have to say something about Carl um, Carl Urban. Um, uh, what's his actual name? No, it is Carl. McCoy. Yeah, the guy who plays McCoy. Yeah, yeah, Carl Urban, fantastic. McCoy was always my favorite <laughs> as a kid, and it's—he's not just an, an, an imitation of, of McCoy. There, he really is McCoy, and it's fantastic. I had my reservations. I had my reservations after watching Doom. Yes. I was like, <laughs> this guy's gonna play McCoy, and yeah, he did a good job. I, I actually think he's the best um, update of that character out of all of them, as good as Chris Pine is. 
Right on. So yeah, Ryan, your number eight. Uh, my number eight is probably one you guys, maybe you've seen it, I don't know, is uh, Away We Go. What are we screw-ups? What do you mean? I mean, we're 34. 33? We don't even have this basic stuff figured out. We're not screw-ups. We have a cardboard window. We're leaving in June. Baby's due in July to Antwerp in Belgium. You're moving 3,000 miles away from your grandchild. Well, I think it's more than 3,000, isn't it, Cherry? Oh, I think so. You know, we don't have to stay here. Well, where do we go? We agree we need to be near someone we know, so we could go anywhere we want. Wow. I have been searching all of my days. Now I'm wondering what we're doing. Did you look at the itinerary? Stapled it to the inside of your jacket. Many a road, you know. See? I've been walking on. Ah, look at you! You're so fat! Oh, good. I was almost out. Does this mean you guys will finally get married? I almost left Lowell about a dozen times. Kids don't know that. I have been quietly. Hey, what if something happens to one of us and just makes us go crazy? All we can do is be good for this one baby. We don't have control over much else. And my eyes confound me. And it's just too bright. What's wrong with strollers? I love my babies. Why would I want to push them away from me? As the days keep turning into night. Am I getting a stroller? Sweetheart, listen to your heart. And it's coming I'll always love you. Even if it takes you months to lose this weight. Even breathing. Even if you're enormous. Go ahead and write that in stone. Your heart feels alright. I'm gonna do something about those ears. He looks like a trophy. I just don't think we should be talking about it right in front of the children. Oh, please. For it's just white noise to them. Listen, watch this. Taylor. 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 <laughs> I could keep going on and on. I've seen it. It's on my list of movies I haven't. Uh-huh. But you know, I the reason I like the movie is because it's it's not about a dysfunctional couple trying to make it. It's about a solid couple and everybody else around them is dysfunctional and just trying to find their place because they have nowhere to go. And I'm a, a of course I I wanted to see it because John Krasinski's in it and I love him in The Office and he's really good in the movie and you hear him say like cunt sucker and I've never <laughs> heard cunt sucker before and anything and it's uh just a fun movie and like i'll love you even when you're fat <laughs> yeah and you know he, he, the biggest thing you know they're having a baby they have nowhere to live because his parents decide to leave and her parents are dead and the biggest concern to him is is she gonna lose her boobs like he doesn't want her to lose her boobs and like he just loves this girl and that's like the whole arc of the whole movie is how strong their love is even though she doesn't want to get married and they're having a kid and all these people around him are really kooky and crazy and mm. But just to see the strength of them, and I really enjoyed the movie. I did. Yeah, I I really wanted to see that movie mostly because I feel like I would love Sam Mendes if he ever made a movie I like. like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I really like Revolutionary Road, but his other movies always feel very. Uh... Did you like Road to Perdition? Or sorry, that's that's what I mean. I did not <laughs> like Revolutionary Road. I loved Revo- uh, Road to Perdition. Too many road movies. In that's this. a comic book movie. 
It is. It, it is. is. That movie's really fantastic and movie's underrated. And fucking and great. When Tom Hanks gets shot, I love Tom Hanks. That movie. Oh yes, no, the whole ending is amazing. And you know, Paul Newman, one of his last films, unfortunately. Daniel Craig's in it. Bond. Yeah. But yeah, so I really wanted to see a way we go because it looked like him making a movie I would actually enjoy. And it's it's just a fun, quirky, like independent comedy. Like I mean, the characters are eccentric, the people they meet, but I enjoyed it. (laughs) Next, please. Round seven. Alrighty. Well, for my number seven, I actually picked *Inglorious Bastards*, which we've already talked about. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's up there on my list of, of favorite Tarantino movies, though it's really hard to actually rank his movies with each other. I have a hard time, like, putting I anything... I have a hard time putting anything above Jackie Brown, and I have a hard time putting... not putting things above Jackie Brown, because... which, for some reason, is sort of my medium. Like, it's either, you know, as good as Jackie Brown or not, and they're all pretty <laughs> much the same. Um, his movies are, are all fantastic. You know, thinking about it now, like... Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction, like I don't think I could. I'm yeah. sure for a lot of people they would just say like Pulp Fiction, but I can I can say for that me I, I don't know. I can say that I like Kill Bill one more or Kill Bill two more than one, but I can't necessarily say. And it Kill Bill's probably on my on the bottom of my favorites of his movies, but I don't even know why. Yeah. Uh, like actually Death Proof, like that's probably my least favorite. Really, Tarantino. I love that. I love, uh... I'm sorry! <laughs> yeah. Well, it's no, just, that like, great. that part of it's it's great, man, man. but there's that whole hour of the girls just talking. I even love the girls talking. I think really? It's good. Yeah, but part of it is that I went into I went into that movie knowing that, that the thing Tarantino does best is just dialogue. Mm. You know? um, so I was expecting just a lot of talking. I think, it, I think it was maybe just a problem because it came up... If they had been separate movies, um, I don't think that movie would get as bad of a rap as it usually does. But that would have been hard because after after like the the action fest that Planet Terror is, yeah. it's, it's pretty. It's a lot of whiplash. That movie starts and you kind of got to be like, okay, this is completely different. And then you get all the fun trailers, and then you get the slow moving death proof. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you at get the end of the movie, girls even. talking about how they're gonna get weed. Yeah, you know, which yeah, like I like Tarantino dialogue, but just that that whole conversation is just like snooze. <laughs> Like, can Stuntman Mike come back? <laughs> it's it's interesting because, you know, you get... The first half of that movie is introducing you to these girls who are eventually going to die. And so it you actually kind of feel for that, for those for those characters. Because I enjoy those characters. They're really great characters. And then they die. And then it actually kind of puts the characters in the second half in jeopardy a little bit. And then you're having a whole lot of fun when, they, when it turns into a revenge film. But I think the dialogue is there for a reason. But yeah, definitely... All right, my number seven is. <laughs> That's funny. My number seven is up. Seven up. <laughs> Good afternoon. Are you in need of any assistance today, sir? No. I could help you cross the street. No. I could help you cross your yard. No. I could help you cross your. No. All his life, Carl Fredrickson dreamed of adventure. Today, his adventure is finally taking off. Come on, boy! 
No. GPS will never be lost. Oops. Disney Pixar's up. What do these do, boy? Hey, would you throw that crowd up and think I use that collar? What Hashiwa Hanashima to talk with? I would be happy if you stop. Uh, it's funny, it has great animation and a poignant story. Agreed. And I think we can yeah. all agree that that dialogueless montage where we go through their entire history together of, um, I don't remember his name. Carl. Carl and his wife. Fredrickson. And Ellie. And Ellie. And yeah, Maybe I, the most heartbreaking yeah. scene, scenes in a movie ever. Uh, certainly in an animated film. Yeah. I can't Touch, think of another animated yeah, film. Yeah, touching on, like, real adult problems. Yeah. And not... And miscarriages. Not, not even, exactly, not even simple ones. Like, the no. fact that it was a miscarriage and not... Um, something else and then she can't get pregnant and you know it's just yeah yeah no I agree and I could you could feel the audience just like all like the older people and yeah. couples just like feeling it and I always I'm actually people, shocked that's not higher I always <laughs> tell people that that movie you know first 15 minutes will make you cry like I, I said know. there's it was so hard to rank like so many movies but yeah I don't like you yeah. and then the end when uh, he gives the badge to yes yeah so good. like I didn't see that coming and it's yeah. such a great callback to the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. It's and a little, like, I, I, I do feel like it suffers from a little, um, sorry, Brad, but a little Wally syndrome, you know, just past. <laughs> I the, love Wally. Just, just, just past the, the, the end of the first half where it sort of becomes this, this action y adventure movie. Um, it loses some of its heart, but uh, the movie is fantastic as a whole. And it's, I mean, it's higher up on my list, so I'm not, I'm not giving it a hard time. Um, and I think it's the first. Pixar movie with blood in it? Yes, it is. That's why it's yeah. PG instead of G. Really? Yeah. Because it, and it's not I even thought it was just rated G. I don't know. It's PG. Yeah, no, it's PG. Um, and it's not even just that it's blood. It's that it's it's blood in a like an intense scene. In a violent scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not like you know if he cut his finger on something, nobody would have cared. They'd be like, <laughs> oh, I get paper cuts too. But no, it's it's a scene where he's like attacking someone. Yeah. I love up. <laughs> <laughs> that's all Ryan needs to say yeah. I was also wondering like uh, if they borrowed this story from Howl's Moving Castle well except there's not a girl who gets younger as the movie goes on yeah like <laughs> obviously they changed it enough but like that's the first thing I kind of started to notice was yeah. like the floating house thing but they changed it into balloons and yeah. the characters around which is fine like there's plenty of other movies that are just direct rip offs but um I just wondered if anyone else saw that 
In House Moving Castle, is he moving his his cat his? The house moves itself, like it's. Yeah, it's got, got legs, that's... but is he is he moving because he's running away from something? I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. remember the actual story. I just remember how great that. Yeah, I only saw it once. That yeah. that that woman who's cursed to be older. That that storyline was really good. Because you could also say that they stole it from Castle in the Sky, because it also has a <laughs> another Miyazaki something in it. Yeah. And there's some other movie I saw recently that had like a floating house. I guess. Um, Stardust. I haven't seen Stardust. No, well, that doesn't have a castle. It's got it's got sky pirates in it. Mm. It doesn't matter. Up's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Pixar knocks it out again. Yeah, absolutely. Their their movies are always some of the best of the year. And I'm pissed because I was at Best Buy today and they have steelbook editions of all the Pixar movies. Yeah. And of oh. course, I bought them all like an idiot. What what Disney's doing now with Blu-ray with their Blu-ray disc is fantastic. Where they're selling them for the same price with a Blu-ray, a DVD, and a digital copy. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Next year, Warner Brothers is doing that. Oh, good. Because so. I was ma- I was mad when Star Trek didn't have a DVD well, in there. I bought Harry Potter on Blu-ray for cheaper than the two-disc special edition on DVD. Yeah. It was yeah. $17.99. I think the two-disc DVD was 22 Is Harry, is Harry Potter Warner Brothers? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just assumed that was Disney. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, my number seven is actually a recent one, is The Princess and the Frog. you want a kiss kissing would be nice yes <laughs> i am prince Navin. i'm maldonia prince i was cursed by a dastardly witch doctor one minute i am a prince charming and handsome cutting a rug and then the next thing i know i'm tripping over these everyone thinks they know the story of the princess and the frog you must kiss me Excuse me? Please, princess. It will make me human again. Just... one kiss. Unless you beg for more. But no one knows what happened after the kiss. Until now. How did you get way up there? And how did I get way down here and all this... (gasps) This holiday season... In the tradition of Walt Disney's most beloved classics <laughs> comes the story behind the most magical kiss the world has ever known. It's gonna be good! <laughs> Walt Disney Pictures, The Princess and the Frog. Come, we pack her. That's new. Yeah, you know, I... One thing I've really missed lately is traditional animation. You know, artists 
not saying computer animators aren't artists, but people who draw, paint, and move pages for these things to move. And going to that movie, not only did it recapture like Disney classic stuff, but it just had so much fun. And the it just it's, it's a princess movie. It, you know, it's this girl who wants to open a restaurant, and there's a talking alligator in it. And the alligator, all he wants to do is play in a jazz band because he can play a, a wicked trumpet. And that's all he wants to do. And they meet, of course, a goofy firefly who's who's Cajun, and he can't understand what he's saying. And he has a, a cute little dream that he hopes he can realize. And I just really miss that stuff in Disney and the big musical production numbers. And the animation in it is fantastic. And I just really miss movies like that. And going there and watching it, it gives you that sense of being young again, but at the same time really appreciating the art and the music and the whole effort of the movie. Did you see it, James? I didn't see it, no. I, yeah. I've, um, I, want I was to. really hesitant about it. I, I didn't think it looked very good and was very nervous that Disney was going to get themselves in some trouble. Um, but, yeah, the reviews keep being really good. I, I, I want to see it. Um, it's on my list of things that I missed. You know, I'll be honest, too. When I saw the first trailer, I'm like, this does not look Looks that like straight to DVD stuff. It, it, yeah. Exactly. But when you watch I mean, they change animation styles mid-song. There's a song where the girl's singing about how she's going to turn this rundown sugar bill into her dream restaurant. And all of a sudden it changes into like this art deco style animation. Hmm. And it's, it's really, it's fantastic. And unfortunately, the, the trailers didn't portray it at all. You know, the trailers are going to portray the suave talking Prince Frog. And he is through the whole movie and he's funny. But yeah. it misses so much. Like, they, I think they should really focus on the alligator. The alligator's hilarious in it. Yeah, it looks very much like they were they were saying, okay, we're going to make a very derivative princess movie, only this time she's black. Yeah. And that's the way they sold it for a long time. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that that movie's good, because I do. I want to see real animation movies again. I want them to remake Hamlet with animals. I think, <laughs> I would, I think that would be really good. Does uh, it look like it cost $100 million to make? It, it, it looks fantastic. Because I was shocked like that they wow. spent that much money on it. 2D well, animation movie. Well, there, it makes sense. Because, there's you know, the exactly. bad guy in it. His shadow animates separate from him. His shadow is like part of his villainness. Like he'll walk, and the shadow behind him is animated separately, and he'll be. It's more menacing. It's a really interesting take on it, and because I don't know, you just have to watch it. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. That's cool. I'm glad to know that it's actually good. Because like I said, that's a, that seems to have been something dead that we were only going to get if they made a Family Guy movie. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. And even, even then, the Family Guy's not good animation. Um, <laughs> Speaking of which, I laughed my ass off when I watched the new one with Roadhouse. Oh my gosh. Where Peter solves all his problems by kicking people, just like in Roadhouse. <laughs> oh man. Just see him kick the shit out of uh, Lucy from Charlie Brown is worth <laughs> watching the whole episode. Anyways, so yeah, Princess and the Frog, you should check it out. Uh, all right, so my wait, where are we? Six, six. All right, so my number six uh, is uh, uh, is on there for pretty obvious reasons. Uh, my number six is Avatar. You, Jake Sully. I'd like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. You'd be making a difference. I became a marine for the hardship. I told myself I can pass any test a man can pass. All I ever wanted was a single thing worth fighting for. Ladies and gentlemen, 
You are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora. You should see your faces. We have an indigenous population called the Navi. They are very hard to kill. This is why we're here. Because this little gray rock sells for 20 million a kilo. Their village happens to be resting on the richest deposit and they need to relocate. Those savages are threatening our whole operation. We're on the brink of war and you're supposed to be finding a diplomatic solution. The concept is to drive these remotely controlled bodies called avatars. They're grown from human DNA mixed with DNA of the natives. Marine in an avatar body. That's a potent mix. You get me what I need, I'll see to it. You get your legs back, your real legs. Hell yeah, sir. Looks like you. This is your avatar. Just relax and let your mind go blank. It shouldn't be hard for you. Side. I want you to gain their trust. You should not be here. Go back. All well, this is your fault. I need your help. We better stop him. They've sent us a message that they can take whatever they want. But we will send them a message. That this, this is our land. So I am the only one here who saw Avatar, unfortunately. Um, and if, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. You need to see it in 3D because for for just for technological reasons, this movie is amazing um, and it's visually really stunning. Uh, there's there's some controversy for me about whether or not the 3D actually makes the movie better, but it's it's really really pretty and it it pulls off remaking uh, Dances with Wolves by putting it in space. <laughs> Story-wise, it's, it's pretty lame, but um, the movie is, is really fun. The action is great. It, it makes me really excited for James Cameron to be back and making movies again. That's good, because, you know, one of my biggest concerns about that movie is one, James Cameron hasn't made a movie in ten years. Yeah. His last movie was Titanic, which, I don't care how many awards it's won, I think it's a piece of shit. Actually, he's made a couple... Titanic-related well, yeah. documentaries you know, yeah, over the those, past decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, and, you know, there's some parts of Titanic that are cool, but I just cannot get into that movie. And it really, because I think it breaks my heart because he made Terminator 2, Aliens, and, you know, and then he makes 
that. Yeah, Titanic is interesting because I can't, like, I don't like that movie and I can give it a hard time, but the truth is, for how much money it made and how many people really love that movie, you can't say it's not a success. Oh, it's no, not, it's... It's not, a, it's not poorly made. Um, you could say that it, it might be poorly written, and, and you can definitely give him a hard time because, uh, I don't know if you remember this because it's been a long time since that movie came out, but uh, he caught a lot of flack and got sued because... Some of the people who are semi-villains in that movie, he gave them real names from people from the Titanic, and which is a, just just a bad idea. Yeah. Like I, I really love Cameron, and he makes great action movies, but um, he he is not a good writer. Uh, and especially uh, a friend of mine, Sean, just recently watched Aliens, and the first thing I asked him about was, so how bad was that dialogue? Because if you go back and watch Aliens, especially Terminator 2, James Cameron can't write dialogue for shit. <laughs> And he makes this, even in Avatar, he, he makes a lot of modern references. At one point in Avatar, Jake is called Special K, which I'm thinking, well, okay, yes, he's in a wheelchair, so I get it, like, you're making fun of him because he might be retarded, but I'm pretty sure they're not eating Special K in the future. <laughs> like, they don't still have that cereal, Cameron. Um, or if they so yeah, do, it's an injection fluid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rest of the movie, he's, he's basically eating, like, white oatmeal from a bag, so you're going, well, they don't even have cereal, like, they have some weird goo in a bag um, but yeah he's not particularly a great writer he's just great at action and he has not lost anything over the past that's good like uh, you know because that's what was my saving grace I said well you really can't I mean he made Terminator 2 I mean that's one of the best action movies ever made Yeah. and then even Aliens is one of the best action horror movies ever made yeah and, and the truth is that if all of his movies were bad he would still be important because he has changed movies forever so when you know, everybody is using this word, but I'm going to use it too. Avatar is a game changer. What he does with that movie and how he shot that movie is going to change the way that they make movies in the future. His, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but he had uh, a screen on the side of his camera that was rendering what he was shooting in real time so he could be there shooting the people on the performance capture stuff. And then the, the screen on the side of his camera was showing him in some in in a, in a in a style somewhere between animatic and the finished CGI what it was actually going to look like in the movie so then he could walk around while they're acting and film from anywhere and put the camera anywhere in CG space which is ridiculous you know uh, usually you would have to like decide where you wanted the, the camera to be and then render from there it it's really really special um, i think that's so. good news for George Lucas so when he makes episode 7 8 and 9 oh, <laughs> the people will be able to act in better in relation to what's supposed to be there. And it, it's <laughs> interesting was... you bring that up because it, Avatar gets a little of what I what I've always said about the prequel series, where at a certain point, I, I really don't believe that CGI is where it needs to be to be f- photorealistic yet, because at a certain point, your eye knows that even if something looks real, it's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at a, per- at a point in this movie, you it just becomes an animated film, but it doesn't really matter because there's still characters that you're still tied to emotionally and so even if it doesn't look entirely real we care which is part of where the prequels fall apart (laughs) yeah that's uh like when i first heard about the movie i was like that's when i when i saw the trailer i was like this uh like the character uh, like the complexity of the models and everything doesn't look like that more advanced than say final fantasy spirits within (laughs) Like, maybe the elbows are a little cleaner and stuff. Like, the, the animation is a little more fluid, but it wasn't like the big... It didn't look like the big leap in technology that I had been led to believe. So, uh, like, just seeing the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks like a really nice uh, game intro. Yeah. 
And so it's, I don't know, I'm interested to see it now because I've heard so many people say, like, it's just, it's, it's fall short on story, but, like, action-wise, it's amazing. And to be clear, like, I was, I was just as hesitant, if not more. Like, I, I saw the trailer, the first trailer, and thought, man, you know, I, I wasn't one of the people who thought, okay, they're just blue people, you know. I, I understood, like, aliens can be whatever they want, but it just didn't look interesting, and it didn't look that good. Um, but something about once you're actually in the theater and you're and you're watching it at long spans, it's 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 satisfying if nothing else. How long is it? It's two hours and forty minutes, so it's long. Um, <laughs> and at a certain point, I kind of felt like it should have been more than one movie, just so that we didn't feel like we knew all, so that it wasn't quite so predictable. Because you kind of know, like, okay, they're introducing this, you know, it's going to come back, and you almost know exactly how it's going to come back, um, especially from seeing all the other movies like it, like Dances with Wolves <laughs> and Dune. <laughs> Right on. Going to my number six, which is, I'm guessing you guys probably didn't see this, but Bronson. My name's Charles Bronson. There's nothing wonky about my upbringings. Like most kids, I got into trouble. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, bad. And all my life, I've wanted to be famous. This is the post office I did over. This is what I got away with. This is what they gave me. Seven years! Don't worry, Sam. You'll be out in four. I still have my principles. Yes! I am Charlie Brunson. I am Britain's most violent prisoner. Prison was... Brilliant! I loved it! It was exciting on the edge. It was madness at its very best. You're ridiculous. It's very exciting to meet you. You're quite a celebrity on the inside. <laughs> You're very muscly, aren't you? Oh, my God. It's huge. Mm. They don't understand. You'll never understand. You're no more mad than I am. And that scares them. You're a star. I swear it! What do you want? What have you got? I want to make a name for myself. Yeah, doing what? Go and tie that up in a nice little pink bow. <laughs> <laughs> He's had enough. Get him out of here. Come on. Yeah, no, I didn't no. see Bronson. Nobody saw Bronson. Um, yeah, that's one of my indie flicks. You're like, you're like the snobby New York <laughs> film critic, where you're like, this movie should be movie of the year, and no one's like, it made thirty thousand dollars. Like, what fucking movie is hey, that? <laughs> how much money a movie makes does not account for whether it's good or not. I know, but I'm just saying yeah. that no Otherwise, one else has Transformers seen it. would be the best best movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um. Brad, you're missing my point. I'm just saying you're, you're quoting movies that no one's seen. So it's like when when English Patient wins Best Picture, everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I don't know how much I talk about this since you guys didn't see it, but um, 
Yeah, so it's about like Britain's most uh, troublesome prisoner, I guess. The trailer says he's like the most violent, but after watching the movie, he really just kicks everyone's ass. Like he doesn't kill anybody, which is totally a non-violent. <laughs> so and he like he gets in jail because he robbed a post office for like two bucks or something. And then once he like he got in jail, he loved it so much he just tried to find ways to stay in jail. <laughs> and so he's like in solitary for thirty years and uh, like changing different prisons and um, like the real uh, reason to watch is like the Tom Hardy who is Shinzon in Star Trek Nemesis. Um, like like the whole movie is basically like this giant monologue where like he gets to act the whole time. Like other people get to be in it once in a while, but. He's basically like recounting his experience throughout these 30 years in like a clever way, like because he's like this repressed artist that he doesn't know, like he's this repressed artist. So when he's trying to describe his uh, experience in prison, like it flashes to like him on a stage, like talking to the audience and like wearing different costumes and stuff, and then it'll flash back to like the reality of being in prison and like getting getting all bloodied and beating people up, and there's all these like style like stylistic animations to incorporate with it and it was also touted as being like the 21st century clockwork orange but i don't think it's nearly as weird as a clockwork orange but it's close so yeah yeah having not seen it the only comment i can make is that i can't believe you remember the name of the villain from star trek nemesis <laughs> i saw that movie oh, and it, oh i did i did too <laughs> yeah like i don't think it's bad but it's it's definitely not like it doesn't qualify to follow the even numbered Star Trek pattern. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I've i heard about Bronson um, and it, it looks interesting. It was just something that was not here for very long and since I lived before Collins, it's hard to Yeah. Right, no right comment. On. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Also, I have to say the... the Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> the best me- best, best uh, one-name title of the year. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, the fusion of opera and electronica in it was kind of like interesting to hear like i've I've never heard that kind of soundtrack before so so is that made it was it made in britain first and then imported over here um yeah i think so by by opera electronica do you mean like that scene from the fifth element with the blue lady singing with the the, the navi singing um (laughs) yes but not as uh obvious and (laughs) Yeah, like it's all in the background, like, and it's, like, sometimes it's, like, there's an opera soundtrack, and then other, like, there's no showbiz, like, musical number, and it's just, like, (laughs) for certain scenes, they use a lot of uh, classical and opera, and then other scenes, it switches to, like... I see, if it had been a musical, I'd have seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My number six is District Nine. The whole world is watching. The course of human history has changed today. The ship appears to be stopping over Johannesburg City. They're spending so much money to keep them here when they could be spending it on other things. At least they're keeping them separate from us. How do your weapons work? District 9, the refugee camp set up to separate aliens from the general population. They told me I was going to get a vest. Don't worry about the vest, it'll be fine. Any new agents, open the door, please. 
This is an amazing fight. I haven't seen this type of setup. I don't know, this has got the markings there of... Uh, so it's, it's definitely alien, but uh, it's, uh, it's not a weapon. We're seeing heavily armed forces being deployed into District 9. Nobody really knew what this place was. It's gonna be quick. It's gonna be clean. Best of all, it's gonna be quiet. There's a lot of secrets in District 9. What the fuck? <laughs> a, a very good choice. No, District 9 is it. a. You think you're seeing a one movie, and then it goes to a completely different movie. Um, obviously, for the uninitiated, it's a story of aliens come to Earth, and they're causing a problem in South Africa. So they send in a team to basically evict them. And what folds, unfolds is a story that you can't even explain. Like There's too much going on, and to explain it would ruin the movie. But... What problem? Who cares about South Africa? <laughs> exactly. But no, there's white people in South <laughs> no, Africa. No, the problem is that there are aliens. Yeah, the, the aliens. And who are really the bad guys? Is it the aliens that are forced to stay there? Or is it the people kicking them out? And it has a, a huge message about war and, you know, being prejudiced against certain people. And it's just a really cool movie. And it comes out on DVD this week. This, today. 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 So if you well, haven't seen Tuesday. it... You should pick it up because it is fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies of the year, and it it just went a different way than I even expected it to go. Yeah, it's actually my number five as well, so we'll talk about it all right now. But um, the uh, the CG in that movie is the thing that you know you come out of it and you know that that movie costs less to make than The Hangover this year. Yeah, and and you're like, how did they? There oh. are still shots in that movie that I, I have no idea how they did them, and and. It's fantastic. Yeah, the, the lead alien and his little boy yes. are just... They, they look like they're actually in the the movie, like, physically. And I don't know if it's because the way the director or the director of photography shot it where they made it kind of grainy. And I don't know. It's just... It's a cool movie. It's there's a, There is a shot with a flashlight that I will remember forever as just blowing me away. I don't know how they did that. Yep. Um, and just the character design, especially. Oh, yeah. The way, really the way they cool. did the aliens, um, and they, they, they kind of copped out by giving them really big eyes. Because the easy way to get it, people to, to connect with characters, especially non-human characters, is to give them big eyes. <laughs> um, and they do that in this movie, and, and it works. I mean, you actually feel for these characters. And when, you know, aliens that look like giant crabs die, you, you're, you feel sad. Well, yeah, because they, they're able to also to convey emotion on these CG characters that, you know, I think it's hard to pull off. And you don't... I don't know, you look at them and they look like they could be there. They don't really look CGI at all. And, you know, the part where they're forcing him to kill him because they figure out, <laughs> like, how he can use weapons and stuff. I mean, you feel bad. 
Because, yeah. I mean, they're, they're like hoarding these aliens in there, and it's all about advancing the human race. It's not about, you know, protecting these aliens, like they say. And it just unfolds in a huge story, and it's really good. And it succeeds where Avatar doesn't by, by not completely damning the human race. Yeah. Like, there are... Even, even if it's just in, like, the interviews that they do at the beginning, at the end, where you, you get to see people who don't agree with this this little group of military guys, um, unlike, unlike Avatar, where there, there really isn't, except for the main character, a good human in the movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I, I wanted to. I just, I just missed out at the time. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a fantastic movie. I will be picking it up. Cool. Anything else on District 9? No, and for no. those of you listening, that was James's number five yeah, yeah, as well. That was my number five. So Brad, so we just skip so, over. Yeah, yeah. Your number, nice. your number five, sir. Okay. What do the cards hold? Oh, you guys didn't see this. Uh, Black Dynamite. All you suckers, gather round. There's a brand new movie coming to town. So get on up and check the scene of the smoothest, baddest mother to ever hit the big screen. Main man, Black Dynamite. He's super cool and he no kung fu. Drives a $5,000 car and wears a $100 suit. You're so righteous. This is also true. And when it comes to the ladies, he's out of sight. Uh, let me guess. He one of these brothers thinking get by on a wink and a smile, huh? What about the smile? I am smiling. Black Dynamite! Never in the history of the game has there been such devastation. The CIA needs Black Dynamite now more than ever! We need you, Black Dynamite, now more than ever. I thought I told you, Hunkins from the CIA, that Black Dynamite was out of the game. And he's better than Shaft, Superfly, and the Mac put together. But when the mob kills his brother... Your death will not go unavenged. ...and put the dope on the street. It's my nephew, Bucky. He od He's back in the game and is playing for keeps. Dynamite! Dynamite! I am declaring war on anybody who sells drugs in our community. But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. He killed my best dealer! I want him dead now! So if you crave satisfaction, then dig this action. Guaranteed to put your ass in traction. Black, black, stack, attack, and match. Backtrack, slapjack, boot black, flashback, ramsack, jam pack, and still coming back. You see where I'm coming from, you job mother... Black Dynamite, starring all-star running back Ferrante Jones, fashion model Tambula Takar, William T. Michelson, Ronnie Sinatra, Little Tiny Tibbs, Junebug, Bo Willie Peters, and me, that bad bullhunt. Black Dynamite, feel the cinema fun and quattro vision, rated R. I really wanted to see it because you were telling me what was going on in it, and... Yep. I was not able you to because they only showed. Hung out with your girlfriend. I, they only showed it for two nights. Yeah, I just I just wanted to watch that trailer for two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like it's so funny. That's what it says on my card. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> it, like it looks like a '70s movie. Like the aesthetic of it is great. And then, um, yeah, just like ev- like it's rare that you find a movie where every two or three seconds you're just flat out laughing at your strongest like. So, so basically, it's like Undercover Brother. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, like, they just did, like, 
so there's so much detail put into like parodying the black exploitation movies. Um, an interesting uh, the guy who plays Black Dynamite was uh, Gamble in The Dark Knight, and he actually wrote the script. And so, like uh, with a bunch of other guys, and it's like it just seems like they have a lot of uh, investment in um, like their love of black exploitation films. And um, like I, I'm trying to remember, like should I say whole scenes about the movie, like gags and stuff? Well, not if you do them in real time. <laughs> <laughs> like I told you about the like the micro the boom mic hanging down like while Black Dynamite's trying to give like expository dialogue and he's like as he's saying it he's like glancing up and saying like with his eyes like the the boom mic's falling in the frame and like he does like he has a private kung fu session and so he has like these random guys come over and he like beats them up and he can like be on one side of the screen and kick him and then like a split second later he's on the other side of the frame coming in kicking him <laughs> and then uh. His mom calls. He's like, "Who's interrupting my kung fu?" And then like he, uh, he's trying to like track down all the smack in uh, the ghetto, and uh, uh, he goes to his grandma's, uh, not his grandma's, but some old lady's place, and like knock knock, and then kicks the door open, and she like flies across the room and busts <laughs> through the wall. And like, there's also like there's smart gags and there's stupid gags, and probably my favorite is uh, he's like fighting this Chinese uh, scientist who can throw like this boomerang that's like a blade and uh he gets a hold of it and then the asian scientist runs away and then two minutes later he finds him they have like this two minute exchange and all of a sudden the boomerang just comes out like busts through the window and like stabs the chinese uh scientist and back to black diamond is like how do you like that i threw that like five minutes ago <laughs> like there's uh so many quick and then there's in the middle there's this uh maybe five minutes uh, thing about how they're trying to connect the malt liquor plot with um, uh, who like uh, whoever killed his brother or whatever and so he's like with all his little gang and stuff and they're like equating uh, Greek mythology with like this, this huge roundabout way of trying to connect this whole thing and uh, there's a and then, like, it's just some random lady in the booth at the restaurant chimes in on it. Uh, and uh, there's a... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying too many just scenes and you guys have no idea. Yeah, no idea. Sound, it sounds really funny. It's, yeah, yeah like, it's... I, I'm not kidding. Like, every two or three seconds, there's something to laugh at. Like, there's just... It's just chock full of, like, subtle things in the background or, like, obvious jokes. Uh, it's just funny, amazing. I didn't know it was going to be that much. I thought they were just sort of... You know, that the joke would be that they were remaking or that they were making a black exploitation movie. Mm. I didn't know that it was going to have things like boom mic jokes and things like that. In it. Yeah, like they put like so much stuff in that movie huh. like, to laugh at. Like I was, I, I wanted to buy the DVD as soon as I left the theater. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people have got to see this movie. So that's my number five. Nice. Um, my number five is Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> Since we've already touched on Let's that. Let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> fuck the Nazis! <laughs> Your number four, James? Uh, well, my number four is another repeat. My number four is Up, which was nice. fantastic. It is fantastic. Brad, your number four. Back to me. What's my number four? My number four is Doubt. I want you all to be alert. I am concerned about matters in St. Nicholas School. Academically? I was not inviting a guessing game, Sister Raymond. What's this, Mr. Conroy? I don't know, sister. They're all uniformly terrified of you. That's how it works. Boy! Come up here. 
dragon is hungry. So, one, two, three. It's a new time, sister. The church needs to change. The point being? We should be friendlier. Father Flynn, he called Donald Miller to the rectory. So, it's happened. We are going to have to stop him ourselves. What happened in the rectory? Happened? Hmm. Nothing happened. I had a talk with a boy. What about? Private matter. He's 12 years old. What could be private? You have the slightest proof of anything. But I have my certainty. I can fight you. You will lose. Why you gotta know something like that for sure when you don't? You come to your school, kids don't like them. <laughs> One man is good to him, this priest. It is unsettling to look at people with suspicion. I feel less close to God. When you take a step to address wrongdoing, you are taking a step away from God. But in his service? You are single-handedly holding this parish back. What are you doing in this school? There are people who go after your humanity to tell you that the light in your heart is a weakness. Don't believe it. You just don't like him. You are letting that convince you of something terrible. Look at that. You blew out my light. What did you hear? What did you see that convinced you so thoroughly? I don't think Father Flynn did anything wrong. You just want things to be resolved so you can have simplicity back. Doubt can be a bond as powerful as certainty. I'll throw your son out of this school. You hurt my son to get your way. You have no right to act on your own. You have no right. I will do what needs to be done. You should understand that, or you will mistake me. What? No. Uh -oh. Okay, you're you're cheating because that's from nerd fight. Uh, I saw it this year, so it counts. Ah, <laughs> yeah, and that was like yeah. Well, then can I go so. back because my number my number four is actually Children of Men, <laughs> which is from two years ago. It's a joke. All right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, that came. No, that's like yeah, two years ago. Yeah, I was like, if you actually, saw and you saw Netflix this year, doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I was thinking about that too. It's like, did movies I saw on Netflix from other years that I saw this year count? And I was like, no, we have to have a ticket for for this year, which yeah. I do. So doubt. But I already talked about it, like in episode two or something of the Nebcast. So I don't know. You love Philip Seymour Hoffman. His performance, not his dick. <laughs> oh, which is what you're right, implying. Right, right. An amazing, absolutely amazing movie. You've though, seen it? Though I give you crap for it. Yeah, I, really. I've watched it. I watched it twice in the same day. It was it was really so good, um, and and a, and a movie with with no good answers mm -hmm. that never I like how it's ambiguous, gives yeah. you any kind of resolution at all. Like it's just there to make you think, and yeah. like be a mystery. And yeah, like, I love that it doesn't give you an answer. That's the best part because like the whole movie, you're like, did he did he do it or not? And then they leave you, and you're like, oh, that's like you understand why they left it ambiguous. Yeah, because that's kind of what the movie's about. And it's a it's a movie. I was really excited to see it because I uh, I've always heard about how how good Meryl Streep is, but I feel like I've only <laughs> I've only ever seen her in movies that either I didn't necessarily enjoy or movies like The River Wild, where she isn't really 
like acting as much. She's just you know good sign language. Um, so and she is absolutely everything that I've heard about. She's fantastic in that movie. Um, and and Amy Amy Adams. You can't not love Amy Adams. She's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, like one of my other like choices to put on this list was Sunshine Cleaning, yeah. which had her in it. And that's on my twenty or was. Yeah, like it just made it on there, but that's like. I thought no one saw it, so I was like, oh, oh yeah, but, no, no yeah, one I saw guess, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it, so maybe it should have been on there. But yeah, uh, and like the original playwright directed it, which is strange. Like that, I didn't think they would give like that guy that kind of power. Like in just still making sense. It's a so. really great feeling. It, it reminded me a lot of movies like uh, Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day, where the movie it does it feels like it's on stage and it's taking place in in you know one small little area for long spans of the movie i don't know why that makes it feel different it just it's nice it's sort of claustrophobic you might find lazy is like in a lot of bigger movies when uh the stories or this they have the climax like in a theater setting like some kind of stage production (laughs) brother brother brother's brother's Uh oh. (laughs) Because I'm like, like the whole point of making the movie is to get out of that area, and like so many like High School Musicals, an obvious example. Like, like why? uh, Or wait, sorry. Like any kind of climax where they just like come out on a stage or something, and like it's just so lazy. And it's nice because in this movie, like there's nothing like that. It's all like filmed in this environment that's very three dimensional and uh, a real real world real world setting well I, I assure you that in Brothers Bloom it is anything but but, but lazy okay. Ryan, Ryan Johnson does it for a reason <laughs> Ryan uh, you're number four my number four is Star Trek boldly go where no man's gone before that's what I did when I went to see that movie because I'd never seen it before <laughs> any Star Trek um, you know it's actually kind of nice to know that, that people like you were saying Star Trek and liking it because um, it's always been one of those things where like I was a kid who thought you know, man Star Wars is not as good as Star Trek. It's not, <laughs> you know? And and so it, it's good that it's it's out there now and it's popular and, and people are really having fun with it. Good. People who have not watched Star Trek. Yeah, I grew up like liking Star Trek and then all of a sudden like I found out my friends at the time loved Star Wars instead. Like they thought it was great. It's like I was the only one who liked Star Trek. Yeah. So um you know, I just kinda had to keep keep it to myself and then like the movies the Star Wars movies came out and so it was like it was everything about Star Wars and the only good like next generation Star Trek movie was First Contact so it's like for years and years like since the original cast like that's all you had to love was the show and just no one was paying attention to it so it's nice that now it's like a 230 million dollar movie well speaking of people who really love Star Trek my number three is Star Trek (laughs) nice (laughs) go Star Trek Star Trek ranks high it does. Yeah. Except on a big Star Trek fan. Hmm? <laughs> I mean, even the Star... That's... I, I was really proud after that movie came out about oh, yeah, how, no, how well-received from Star Trek fans that was. Because they do... I mean, they do something that if, if George Lucas did it, people would, would just go nuts. If George Lucas made a movie that went back and basically erased from the universe the original ten movies in the series... Star Wars fans would just go crazy. But Star Trek fans are like, no, this is, you know, sure. Because the truth is, they were rebooting the series, and we still have all those movies, even the bad ones. Um, it's not like they're taking it away from us. Um, they're just giving us something new and, and giving us a platform where we can we can see new cool stories that aren't, 
you know, tied down by canon. Yeah, we're just getting a whole string of movies that are based in an alternate timeline, yeah. which they did a ton of in the show. Like, they're always going back in time or going to alternate realities. So, yeah, it's not a big drastic change. I know. So that was your three. What's my three? Children of Men. <laughs> <laughs> my number three is Moon. Sam Bell reporting to Central. Everything running smoothly. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America. Good morning, Sam. Do you want me to cut your hair then? Lunar Industries remains the number one provider of clean energy worldwide due to the hard work of people like you. <laughs> Three years is a long haul, you know. I know you're really lonely up there, but I'm proud of you. Two weeks to go, Sam. Two weeks to go, buddy. I'm going home. Looks like we got a live one. I'm gonna go out. Okay, Sam. things. What's going on? Where did he come from? Why does he look like me? You've been up here too long, man. You've lost your marbles. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. I understand what's happening. This is my mind. I want to go home. I know. anyone see moon yeah i saw moon oh really yeah what'd you think i pretty much hated it really <laughs> yep how come yeah um, <laughs> this is our big controversy of the night it, like, yeah it is complete polar um, it, it was people people credit that movie as as having a lot of really good science fiction in it and for me it was it was really predictable um it was i've grown up in science fiction and i have seen pretty much that story before um the only reason I, I, I enjoyed watching it was just because I thought that Sam Rockwell was really good. Mm. Um, and, and yes, it's neat to see uh, models used models used as, as the, the, the special effects in a movie again, um, but I thought that they were really obvious and not, not the best models in the world, and so it was kind of distracting to me. Um, I also hold something against it because when I wanted to go see The Hurt Locker, it was still in the main theater at the mine. And I was like, son of a bitch! So it took away I, better I, sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like then then a week after having not liked Moon, it, it stabbed me again. But um, yeah, no, I just, I didn't care for it at all. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, why did Con you like it? pro. <laughs> uh, I like, I thought, like, yeah, it was obvious at times that they were models, but I thought, like, because it was a, a small film and it was kind of like, his whole experience on the moon is very, like, disorienting. Yeah. So I thought like it felt right, and then um, the isolation feel of it, like it was very, it was very isolated. And it made you feel like what he, like what he was going through. Um, 
and then to watch Sam Rockwell play those three parts, and then later watch him in Gentleman Broncos being hilarious is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, like watching him play like th- his the same character but in three different ways. Yeah. And then um, uh, yeah, it wasn't what I expected either. The whole uh, the mystery part of it, like, and I I guess I haven't experienced as much science fiction, so I guess the story was kind of fresh to me. And then, um, like, Kevin Spacey is the, like, helper robot. Yeah, no, Kevin Spacey is really good. Yeah. Like, but you like K-Pax, too, so. <laughs> I love K-Pax. Yes, um, high five. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and I, I, I realize that I am, I am, you know, the minority in the world as far as this movie is concerned. Everybody wants to know what Duncan Jones is doing next and, <laughs> and thinks that Moon is fantastic. So, I, I, you know, people should definitely go out and see it if only to support small science fiction films. That's my thing is, like, go see what you want to see. Like, don't let other people tell you, like, what's yeah. good or not. Just, like, if you feel like it's something you want to see, go see it and find out for yourself. And you're allowed to disagree like we are yeah. about Moon, which is awesome. Which is not awesome. <laughs> it's far from awesome. I'm in the middle. Hmm. Because you didn't see it? No, because I will not see crap movies. One, one because... <laughs> I just told you that it's good. What are you talking about? No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me rephrase. Um, Because I will not spend, was it 10 50 on a movie that I know absolutely nothing about. It's not in the theater oh, now. Okay. Like, in a month or two, you'll get to... I'll, I'll get it on Redbox for a dollar. <laughs> it won't be on Redbox. Oh, he's, it's too independent. He's not even, he's, you're not even going to use Netflix. Like, you're going to go out just to make sure you only pay a dollar for it. Absolutely. You know, that's my... The problem I have with a lot of independent movies is they tr- strive so hard to be independent. I think it's annoying. Well, I'll, I don't think they're trying to. Yeah, they just they're, don't they're not have always it. striving to be independent. A lot of times, it's just that they're telling stories that um, are different, and and because they're different, they can't get mainstream. Uh, oh mainstream no, yeah, they don't have as many ex- and as many explosions as other movies. There, there are definitely. Movies. <laughs> hey, don't talk down to me, motherfucker. <laughs> there are definitely movies and and, and filmmakers uh, like. Sam Mendes, in my opinion, who are doing exactly what you what you're talking about, where they're going to spend the first five minutes of a movie contemplating what it means to have a plastic black bag floating in the air. But uh, I, yeah, I, I definitely can't agree with you know, as a whole, like a lot of independent films are, are really good, and I got to show you something you haven't seen before. Moon is not one of them. <laughs> I wasn't talking down to you. I was I was uh, a slight against like traditional like mass moviegoers who are like seeing it's a slight GI Joe Transformers. or Transformers. Jesse's gonna kick my ass. GI Joe. I haven't seen Transformers, so it's not fair. But GI Joe was my number twenty-two. <laughs> um, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> my number three is Zombie Land. Since we've already talked about it, not yeah. much I just stole your thunder. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, my number two is is finally uh, a movie we haven't talked about yet. Um, my number twenty or my number two is Up in the Air. Now this is going to be a little difficult, so stay with me. How much does your life weigh? Imagine for a second that you're carrying a backpack. Now, I want you to pack it with all the stuff that you have in your life. You start with the little things. The Things on shelves and in drawers and knickknacks. You start adding larger stuff. Clothes, tabletop appliances, lamps, your TV. Backpack should be getting pretty heavy now. You go bigger. Your couch, your car, your home. I want you to stuff it all into that backpack. Now, I want you to fill it with people. Start with casual acquaintances, friends of friends folks around the office 
and then you move into the people that you trust with your most intimate secrets. Brothers, your sisters, your children, your parents, and finally your husband, your wife, boyfriend, your girlfriend. You get them into that backpack. Feel the weight of that bag. Make no mistake, your relationships are the heaviest components in your life. All those negotiations and arguments and secrets and compromises. The slower we move, the faster we die. Make no mistake, moving is living. Some animals were meant to carry each other to live symbiotically over a lifetime. Star-crossed lovers, monogamous swans. We are not swans. We're sharks. Make sure when you show this that you show the, the backpack trailer because um, when when the when the trailer for this movie first came out, which is the the first trailer, the one where he's talking about putting stuff in your backpack, um, it was immediately my favorite trailer of the year, and I've I've watched it six or seven times now. Um, it's it's odd because in the trailers they can't really tell you what this movie is or what it's about, um, and even now it's it's a really subtle, quiet movie about. Um, the connections that people have with each other and this guy who lives a very isolated life where he doesn't by the end of the movie he doesn't even have an apartment he just lives on airplanes and in hotel rooms um, also it's, it's worth saying just for Anna Kendrick Anna Kendrick is a revelation and it's really too bad that she's going to be stuck in, in the Twilight movies for the next three years because <laughs> she's really good and as far as I'm concerned steals scenes away from, from George Con uh, um, Clooney. George Clooney in this movie. It's, it's really, really good, and people should go out and see it. Um, and just Jason Reitman, this is the third movie that he's done, and all three of them are fantastic. I know, he's, he's doing a good job. He's really um, on the ball. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things um, about the movie, too, is, I haven't seen it, obviously, but I love George Clooney because he's one of the few actors that takes risks still. He'll be in... The Men Who Stare at Goats, a totally goofball thing. He'll do Up in the Air. But then he'll do the Oceans movies. He'll do voice work. You know, he's just a cool actor, and he'll take chances. I mean, he was in the, Where the Wild Things Are. He was yeah. the bird who got its arm ripped off. Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't. That was uh, Chris Cooper. Was it? Fuck. Yep. Yeah, that was Chris Cooper. <laughs> Never mind. George Clooney's not in that movie. But um, the other thing is that I read the book, and the movie's better. Wow. Yeah. something you don't yeah. hear a lot the of. Book, the book is really good, and it's it's mostly a, like a business satire. Um but it, it really, at the end of the day, is sort of just a character bio uh, for this movie. Like, this movie really pulls off a lot of the stuff that the book doesn't. Um, and the book falls apart at the end. Yeah, no, totally better than the book. Yeah. I've been trying to see the movie for like the past three nights, but yeah. things have been coming up. I'm tired. So, but it's on my list to see. Cool. Right. number two? Number two, my number two. <laughs> My number two is 500 Days of Summer. I love the Smiths. Sorry? I said I love the Smiths. You've, you've good taste in music. You like the Smiths? Yeah. To die by your side is such a heavenly way to die. I love them. Holy. 
This is a story of boy meets girl. They made a statue of us. The boy, Tom Hansen, grew up believing that he'd never truly be happy until the day he met the one. The girl, Summer Finn, did not share this belief. You should know up front, this is not a love story. I think we should stop seeing each other. Just like that? Just like that. Start from the beginning and tell us what happened. I tried to talk to her in the copy room. She's totally not having it. Maybe she was just in a hurry. And maybe she's an uppity better than everyone super skank. In college, they called me perfectly adequate Hanson. He used to call me anal girl. I was very neat and organized. So you have a boyfriend? No. Who needs it? We're young. Might as well have fun while we can. Wait, wait. What happens if you fall in love? You don't believe that, do you? What? It's love, it's not Santa Claus. What I want, you got be hard to handle. I think it's official. I'm in love with Summer. I love how she makes me feel. Did you ever even have a boyfriend? Of course. What happened? Why, why didn't they work out? What always happens? Life. Get over her. I don't want to get over her. I want to get her back. We've been like Sid and Nancy for months now. We have some disagreements, but I hardly think I'm Sid Vicious. No, I'm Sid. Oh, so I'm Nancy. The one movie I really wanted to see this year that I wasn't able to. Came out on DVD or DVD and Blu-ray today. So. Yeah, it did. I, I'm really sort of sad that I can't buy things this close to Christmas because <laughs> I don't want to yeah. get them again for Christmas. But yeah, that movie is, is really amazing. Um, well, it, why did you like it? Uh, I liked it because it's a cute story and it's told like non-linear. So, um, and just all the characters are, you know, there's no one that's really like... Uh, like a cookie cutter, like everyone has like a, their own personality and um, like the Han Solo part is hilarious. Yes. Um, and it's, it's got like that Spider-Man uh, 2, like happy-go-lucky scene in it, you know. Um, and like, yeah, it, it's also got like stuff you can relate to. Like I've been through, like why didn't she, you know, love me and stuff and trying to understand like where she's coming from yeah yeah exactly they tell you right off the bat that it's a movie about love and not a love movie and mm -hmm. that is that is totally what it is it um it's it's more talking about this character and what he's learning than than having this relationship movie um and and the way that it's shot the way the split screen stuff uh, a lot of the things that he does in it are, are very sort of experimental filmmaking uh, that that hopefully we'll, we'll see in other places Really, really fantastic movie, and um, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, that goes without saying. Like, as <laughs> and, and and you fall in love with her, like the way he does in the movie. Like, and just to be fair, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> who I have loved since Brick. Yeah, he's like he just goes through so many ranges of emotions. Like, um, what's coming out soon? I'm just like surprised that he's in G.I. Joe. <laughs> no, it's still coming out. <laughs> Um, oh, Inception. He's going to be in Inception. Yeah, he is. So, like, after seeing, like, the kind of range he has in this, just, like, I, I, really I, I can't wait to see what Nolan does with him. I really think that him and, and guys like Ben Foster are, are just some yeah. of the best actors of our generation. They're, they're so amazing. 
he was great in 310 to Yuma, and uh, I didn't see Pandorum, but uh, that Messengers movie he's in yeah. with Woody Harrelson and Foster, and of course he was Angel in yeah, X-Men 3. He's, he's, even, he's even good in that, that completely worthless role he has in X-Men 3. <laughs> so yeah, 500 Days of Summer, loved it. Nice. Yeah. But not as much as my number one, which we'll be getting to. <laughs> I wonder if I trump your number one with my number two. Uh, my number two is the fantastic Mr. Fox. And so it begins. Welcome to the fantastic world of Mr. Fox. Woo! Should we dance? <laughs> His life is fantastic. <laughs> Pure wild animal craziness. His wife is fantastic. If what I think is happening is happening, it better not be. <laughs> His neighbors, not so fantastic. This is Boggus, Bunce, and Bean, three of the meanest, nastiest, ugliest farmers in his valley. What was that? They're digging us up. But they're about to discover... Oh, Foxy. Is help on the way? He's one fox. I've got an idea. You can't outfox. Mole, what do you got? I can see in the dark. We can use that. Rabbit, I'm fast. Badger, demolitions expert. What? Since when? Here, put these bandit hats on. I don't have a bandit hat, but I modified this tube sock. We look good. Yeah, we do. The only security is an old hunting beagle <laughs> laced some blueberries with sleeping powder. Beagles love blueberries. A titanium card. What's this thing you do, the whistle with the clicking sound? That's my trademark. We're different. We all are. Him especially. But there's something kind of fantastic about that, isn't there? I can fight my own fight. No, you can't. I guess we should start doing something, right? Let's see some hustle. Yeah! This fall, forget super. That was close, rat. Be careful. Oh, I'm as careful as I... Ignore Incredible. I can fit through there. You wanna know why? Why? Because I'm little. It's all about fantastic. You really are fantastic. I try. Fantastic Mr. Fox. What's this lightning bolt? This fence might be electric. Well, I just hope it doesn't mean thunder, because I have a phobia of that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I said earlier that I one of my biggest problems with independent movies is they always try really hard for you to know that they're independent, and I feel that way about Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after you sit in the theater and watching the movie for a few minutes, you start getting into the characters... And you start appreciating the animation that when you see the trailer, you're like, oh, this is kind of dumb looking. But then they do these goofy shots and like when the dog's chasing him and the camera's like his nuzzle. And it's like chasing him around and it's like panning around and like in a 3D shot. It's, it's fantastic. And the performances, just voice work are great. You get Jason Schwartzman, who's really funny always. And George Clooney, of course, is Mr. Fox. Meryl Streep is his husband. Or his wife <laughs> and you know just a cool movie just a like fun quirky movie and I it's one of those movies that I had fun at watching it yeah I saw it twice like uh, 
as soon as I could. Like, just after I saw it once, like, I tried to get back as soon as I could, because it's just a fun, and, like, the great thing about Wes Anderson movies is the way the dialogue he gives his characters is just so quirky, yet so engaging and um, unusual, but lovable. And, like, yeah, the animation, like, <laughs> when you have, like, movies like Up and stuff, for animation these days, it's nice to see like people using traditional in like a um, fresh way. And, um, yeah, I, it was my number one. So. <laughs> but the fact that it's your number two is great too, because yeah. that's that's that high up on your list. Um, yeah, great movie. Yeah, you know, um, I, I didn't get a chance to see it because uh, I was I was one of the people who was watching those trailers and going, "Man, this doesn't look good." And then the the controversy came out that that. Wes Anderson supposedly directed it by email, and then that was proved false. So when it came out, I was like, I, I really am not interested, but the reviews have been great, and now I'm, I'm excited to go see it. How'd they get that wrong? Because I watched the HBO making of, and he's just like, and he has, has his hand in every little bit of it. And I guess what they're yeah. probably talking about is he filmed um, himself as the characters, yeah. and then sent off, like, this is what I want it to look like, but replace me with the characters. Yeah, it was, it was an early quote from the director of photography, I believe. Um, and he said something about it being directed by email, and then that that blew into this huge controversy. Like, mm -hmm. oh well, then he didn't really direct it, um, which I, th I think happens because it's uh, in a, in a world of Tim Burton produced movies, you, <laughs> you kind of expect that when it's a claymation movie, it's obviously not directed by Tim Burton or in this case Wes Anderson. Um, but then uh, you know when the reviews came back and people were saying, oh no, this is clearly a Wes Anderson movie. It feels. Mm -hmm. Like a Wes Anderson movie, the shot design is the same. I know you always um, have the characters like in the center of the frame. Yeah, yeah, he's got that that Kubrick. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And like he had to like uh, make those videos because he's directing like sixty crews all at once because they had yeah. to, in order to get it done, they had to have so many different teams doing different animation and um, lost my train of thought, but yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox is fantastic. <laughs> A fantastical movie. James, number all right. one, buddy. Number all right, one. So we're, we're all the way to number one, and, and just as Ryan stole your thunder, you stole <laughs> mine, Brad. Uh, my number one is uh, 500 Days of Summer. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Wow. No, I, I really adored that movie, and um, I knew I knew going into Up in the Air that it was going to be sort of competing uh, with, with that, but on the, on the drive back, I was like remembering about how, how good I went to... Uh, 500 days of summer twice and uh it was it was just so good um and heartwarming and, and heartbreaking and uh the way that that he uses every single frame of that movie the the non-linear style of that story succeeds at, in in places where it, it succeeds at something that any other film that tries to do it always seems to fail. Yeah, like they um, it's, they jump around so much, yet you still you're still able to follow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they jump around and they jump. Like it's not that he's he's reseeing his his relationship and he's seeing the bad parts. All of a sudden, he's seeing the same events, but he's he's seeing the second or two after the, what he saw before or just before, and and starting to change the way that he views the exact same event and, and realizing where things sort of fall apart um, spoilers but yeah no, that movie was, was fantastic um, and I, I look forward to buying it yeah it might be under my Christmas tree so I'm like I was like at stores today just going like I want this exactly. now exactly. see I didn't put it on any of my list but my parents know you know um, 
So hopefully, hopefully I'll get it. Or I'll just be disappointed in my family that doesn't love me. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not there on Thursday, just run out and get it on Friday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my number one was The Fantastic Mr. Fox, and we just talked about it, so... Yeah, that's my favorite movie of the year. Ryan, what's your yep, favorite? You guys have already talked all about mine, too. Mine was Up. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. Was your number one? I did. I enjoyed it, and it's it's an animated movie that has a lot of heart to it, and it's just a good movie. It does. And I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I feel like, I felt like when, we compiled, when I compiled my list that this has been a fairly weak year, and now that I look at especially what our top movies are, I still kind of feel that way. Like when I compare this to last year, where I was like, I was having a hard time choosing between Slumdog and The Wrestler for my for my top slot. I'm kind of looking at this and going, man, there weren't, you know, there were a lot of, of pretty good movies this year, but I never feel I don't feel like there are movies that yeah, I, really I, blew me away. I agree. Last year you had movies that I mean, just I, you know, you said Avatar is a game changer. I thought a lot of movies last year were that way. Yeah. Whether it was The Dark Knight. Um, you, you just movies like that you just did with the wrestler I mean Mickey work in that movie is so amazing that he just makes the whole movie like you, you know he was going to put his finger in the thing but you didn't want him to do it you're like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing and he just and yeah. he, he's just making so many mistakes and you didn't I didn't really have that connection with the character this year like I had with Heath Ledger as a Joker or you know Mickey Rourke as the wrestler I just didn't have a connection that strongly with the character this year and I think part of that is mostly because the people who uh, we, we expect to see the really good uh, character pieces, the really good dramas from either didn't make movies or make, made really quiet. You know, the Coen brothers made a serious man instead of uh, a big serious movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, um, uh, what's, his, what's his name? The guy who made The Wrestler. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky didn't make a film this year. A lot of those people Sam Raimi. Expect, yeah. Yeah, yes, exactly. Actually, oh, we did. Can we talk about Oh, the fact, I, I totally Can we talk about the fact that you myth, put Drag Me to Hell, hell on your list? It's you on mine. I did. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, that was this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Where would that actually have been? Oh, uh, you know what? It, it's it's good. It's it's a fun movie. <laughs> it would be up there somewhere. It would be up there somewhere. Okay. Yeah. That... Definitely in my top 15. It's yeah, up yeah, in the yeah. air it's... for Ryan. Oh, uh... <laughs> Um, it's um it's, yeah no it's yeah, I think it's my thirteen or fourteen yeah but I love the I love awful. the return of um, Sam Raimi to having fun again yeah not with the constraints of I have to put in a character in a movie yeah well and just him doing him doing the genre that he came from again especially being gone from it, really it for well. so long I think the last one he did was Army of Darkness yeah I mean you can kind of tie in the gift to it but the gift wasn't his zany yeah no um, but it's not the same the, uh, yeah. The, but the, I mean, see it for the goat scene alone. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not even like I, I don't enjoy horror films. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that never is going to see another Saw movie because they're crap. Um, but, but that movie is a whole lot of fun. Oh, it is. Even if you don't like you horror know, movies, like it'll scare you, but then it's gonna make you laugh too. The perfect Sam Raimi. I think it, his Evil Dead's and then that are you know interchangeable, really. I, um, but I want to point out an unsung hero in the actor world, Justin Long. Seriously, so good. It's so good, and he's in so many movies I enjoy yeah. that it just makes me laugh because you know he's kind of an afterthought when you think about it. But he's in so many movies I love. Um, and Alison Lohman in that movie is really yeah. good. I've ever since uh, Matchstick Man, I've really liked her. Unfortunately, she's not in anything else. Um, yeah, Dragon Hell was really good, and nobody else, nobody else does movies like that. 
No. You really can't. Like, there are movie, there are horror movies that are, are can't be funny, like Freddy vs. Jason, but they're not... No. They're not legitimately funny. And frightening. And, and, and actually scary, yeah. Winding down. I was going to say that, uh, putting my list together, I was actually thinking, yeah, this has been actually a, a really good year for movies, for, like for me. But then I, like, I was thinking about it, I was like, maybe it's just because I only went and saw the movies I really wanted to see. Like, I didn't really give other movies a chance. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I didn't go see a lot of really bad movies. Like, usually at the end of the year, I'll make a list of the worst movies of the year or the biggest disappointments. <laughs> and I can't even think of a list like that. Um, I mean, there are movies I didn't like, but not... I saw New Moon. That's definitely on that dislike list. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But in the past, I've seen things like Resident Evil 3. Oh. And, you know, just, just times when I just really wanted to go to the movie, um, even if we were to laugh at something terrible. And, and this year, I didn't do any of that. Did you guys uh, have an honorable mentions list? I guess you kind of touched on some of them. I did. You did? Well, I, I had, you know, um, I had, you know, I have a full list of 20 movies that'll be online <laughs> somewhere. Um, Adventureland is one of the ones closest to my heart. Movies, a, a movie that didn't get seen by people and, and isn't, you know, in the top 10, but really good. It's the movie that single-handedly makes me defend Kristen Stewart because I think that she can actually be good. Um, yeah, I like her in that. It's like one of the like bright spots of that movie. It's like why well, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. That's one of my honorable mentions because yeah, like a lot of people didn't see it. And when I was at the theater, the group of people, the only other group of people who were there, were just like like making comments about it while the movie was going on. Yeah, it was it was sold incorrectly. You know, they were selling it as from the guy who made. Super bad. Yeah, um, they're saying things like, "This isn't funny." It's like, it's not like, "Ha ha, laugh out loud." Right. Black dynamite, laugh every second. It's just like an experience. Yeah, and it, it's something that you can clearly see. The the guy who wrote it, his name escapes me, and is the guy who directed Super Bad. Greg Matola. Um, Greg Matola. You can see uh, how involved in that material he is, and how how close to that actual world he was as a kid. Mm. It's a, it's a movie with a lot of passion behind it. So, yeah. Also, also G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like, I had, tr- like, um, other ones I wanted to put on were, like, Coraline. It's really good yeah. for stop motion. I like Sunshine Cleaning. You guys didn't see Cold Souls, but it's, like, it's not a great movie, but it's good. To, it's, like, fun to watch Paul Giamatti play uh, crazy. Um, Waltz, with the, Waltz with Bashir had amazing animation, like, the story doesn't like get me, but just like watching, especially on Blu-ray, how good the animation is, like the cell shading. Gentleman Broncos was so ridiculous that it was great. <laughs> just like, uh, and then Sam Rockwell playing like the same character again, but like gay sometimes, and then straight the other. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we just t- Adventureland, Away We Go. Ryan talked about um, Paris Thirty Six was a cool uh, French musical. That I caught, and then Repo the Genetic Opera, which is becoming an amazing cult movie. Like, it's getting a huge following. I probably just like that more because of the way I stumbled onto it. <laughs> this was also the year that I finally started going to see 3D movies, because with Coraline, you remind me of... That was the first movie that I saw in 3D and was actually, actually really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I'm not sold on 3D. Uh, I think that 2D looks more like the real world than 3D does, and Especially with Avatar, it, it um, 
like I said, it's it's something to see and it's really quite an experience. But I feel like it uh, it's distracting at times. You know, it, it, it'll something will happen in 3D and then it, it breaks me out of the movie and I go, oh, that was in 3D and that was really cool. Um, but however cool it was, it's not. It doesn't pull me into the movie as much as as separate me from it. It doesn't really like. The 3D now, it doesn't come out of the screen so much as they just push the background back. Right. And yeah, I don't no. see why they make you wear the glasses. Like, can't they just put up, like, a big, giant screen overlay? No. Right. No. That's not how it works. The, the two the two lenses are actually different. It's a polarized light. Um, so basically, this is, this is worthless <laughs> to people listening to this, but the light going through one lens goes like this, and the light going through the other lens goes like this. So he's making vertical and horizontal wave symbols yes. with his finger. Yeah. Well, and this is as <laughs> this is as I understand it, having taken taken a like retarded sub freshman physics class uh, <laughs> and reading the the paragraph on Wikipedia about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the, it is like if you take your glasses off, it actually there are two. It's a blurry screen, and then if you put them on backwards, everything is is sort of uh, green and backwards. Hmm. But yeah, it is actually still two lenses. Sorry, I got a cramp in my foot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I woke up with a Charlie horse this morning. It was terrible. Right on. <laughs> now so, we've, we've so, completely divulged now. Yeah, We're talking so, about our pains. Um, before we go, what's the one Christmas gift you want, Brad? Um, I wrote the program for you. I didn't think about it. So ask James, and I'll think about it. James, one Christmas gift you want. Um, either 500 Days of Summer on DVD or uh, the complete Essex County, which is a comic book. Uh, it's a big, thick uh, uh, book. Nice. One, one of the two. Um, I'll go with the PlayStation 3. Nice. Oh, yeah, you need one of those. They're fantastic. I do. Actually, like the big reason is is to stream Netflix. Yes, <laughs> not even really to play the games. It's a it's a little slower than the 360 menu, but it's still really good. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan, what do, you, what do you, want? you want for Christmas, Ryan? Absolutely nothing. I have everything I need. I have oh. friends and yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, is, that is. How about something you can buy, Ryan? <laughs> okay, um, if I'm going. Uh, what you call it, materialistic. <laughs> I, I put out the seed hardcore for my girlfriend to get me the Mario chess set. Mm. So hopefully I got the Mario chess set. <laughs> and if I don't, she doesn't love me. <laughs> for, for the record, I really do know what she got you. It's not LARPing sword, but it's, be it's way better. Nice. Really and she loves you. No LARPing sword? <laughs> no! <laughs> I, I, I have a source. We can, we can get some. It'll be Thank fun. you. James, uh... Thank, any suggestions thank, thank for the show? Thank me for coming. <laughs> yes, thanks, thanks for coming. For coming. But also, like, uh, any suggestions about the show being, a, you know, outsider? No. No? The show's but as good as it can be? This is, do you always have a, a card of, of how, what, the things you want to talk about? No. No. <laughs> do that. Do that. That yeah. is the best. I tried yeah. to do that in the beginning, and I that's why I had him read it, because when I was doing it in the first couple of episodes, I couldn't, like, I get nervous when I'm on the show, which yeah. is weird, but, um, so I stopped doing it because I wasn't doing it any better than I was yeah. not having it so yeah the, that's the only thing that I would say just because well now we're this is very inside baseball but having listened to a lot of podcasts the things that I enjoy the most or the, the ones that I enjoy the most are the ones like Slash Film where they're going to talk about very structured you know, yeah. six things and they've got them all in order and then you know even if you go on about one thing in particular for a while that's fine it ends up making it 
feel more like a like a conversation than, than than what it can be, which is a lot of inside baseball friendship stuff, and then just Ryan talking about how awesome he is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See, I also listen to Smodcast, and in Smodcast, they don't have a structure; they yeah. just ramble but for an they're, hour. But they're also two of the funniest people. Yeah, alive. that helps. Um, so <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Mosier far underrated. Oh, yeah. Scott Mosier is hysterical and possibly my favorite part of that show his Canadian voice is so good <laughs> well any of his voices really like when he's yeah. uh, from Foreigner Foreigner yeah. guy um, what's, what's odd is that they're all pretty much the same and they're all Paris Hilton hysterical <laughs> dad yeah dad <laughs> uh, so yeah okay cool. um, James you're always welcome back yeah I know it'll be back in Fort Collins. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we no, can no. always move the show. Yeah, no, no, see no. You. it's mobile. He it's... goes up there anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be back sometime. Cool, buddy. Especially yeah. if we're oh. talking about something. I know Guys, about. movies we're looking forward to in 2010. Oh, uh, Youth and Revolt. Yes. Right now, I am so looking forward to Youth and Revolt. That, Youth and Revolt, especially looks good. the Red Band trailer for that is hysterical. I just love that the bad Michael Sarah is a mustache. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speak, speaking of Michael Sarah, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Scott Pilgrim. Really looking forward to Scott Pilgrim. Waiting for a new Edgar Wright. Wright. Have you guys yeah. read it at all? I, I've read the first two books, and they're they're really good and interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be a very bizarre and different movie um, with a lot of sort of. Very 500 Days of Summer, you know, playing with what's in the frame kind of ideas. Um, or, or just if you've seen Spaced, really. It, it's Spaced. Nice. It's more Spaced <laughs> than any of the other Edgar Wright stuff you've seen. Iron Man 2, I want to see. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That trailer's been the obvious one. Um, Definitely. Please don't suck. <laughs> It'll be heartbreaking if it sucks. Um, what's next year's Coen Brothers film? You want to see Inception? Oh yeah, Inception. Definitely I think Shutter that. Island looks interesting. Yeah. yeah. Even uh, though I think the end is he's going to be the actually in the hospital and he's just thinking up all this crap. You keep saying that I'm, and I'm very afraid that you're right. <laughs> but I will say that I I have always felt like Martin Scorsese is is overrated, and this is him doing genre, and I'm really excited to see him do something different. Because basically, since Goodfellas, he's done the same movie for 20 years. Leo. <laughs> Yeah, and it's got it's got Leo in it, who I I like. He now. come to respect. Yeah, yeah, because he's actually good. Yep. Um, I don't know what else is there. He's, he's become. I don't know a movie I won't see hero. anything with Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh come on, Robin Hood, Ridley Scott, dude. Is that coming out next year? Yeah, I'll see it. I get, I, I love like I I actually Russell Crowe has been redeemed in my eyes through Three Ten to Yuma and um, State of Play. What, what was the movie that killed him for you? Um, Please say not a good year. I didn't see it, along yes, with everybody it else. It, was, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. You know, I don't know. Like, I like Gladiator. What do you make after Gladiator? Master and Commander was okay. Yeah. Is it you don't like the guy or you don't like his acting? I don't like his acting very much. Oh, okay. Because I, I am a huge Ridley Scott fan. Oh, Ridley really? Scott's cool. Uh, at least until recently has been my favorite director. Um, Kingdom of Heaven, I actually think, is better than Gladiator. Me too. It's, it's really, really good. Um, and just his movies have a color to them. Like, his... They, he does something to make certain parts one color, and then other parts a different color, and I, nobody else does that. I don't know why. It's His movies are beautiful. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Robin Hood. If only because he does epic, you know, yeah. past epic fights better than anybody else. 
oh, uh, New Eclipse, the Twilight Saga comes out <laughs> in May. The summer. You, you don't have to wait that long. Isn't that the first half? Isn't uh, isn't the next one divided into two? Or is that the last? No, that's I the fourth one. I fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's um, guys without shirts walking around. I don't even know. I, don't even know. I, I still don't, haven't seen it. I'm really excited I've to see the first one. I've never seen a single frame of that movie unless it's been on a trailer on TV. What's uh, going on with Red Sonja? Because I saw a poster for it today, and it said coming out in 2009, and it ends in two weeks, so... Red Sonja, the... Wait. The Robert Rodriguez one? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, Like, yeah. they had a poster for it. I don't care about that movie. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not, like, something I'm insanely looking forward to. I was just wondering. I think I'm against it just because Robert Rodriguez left his wife and kids for... Ew. What? Um, Rose for, McGowan. For Rose McGowan. So... I, yeah, I no longer really have respect for Robert Rodriguez. I, I, I used to—it's a dick move. Yeah, I used to not—I <laughs> used to not really like him. Like he used to be okay, and now I, I just—I don't like him. Yeah. Right. Seems like there's something else. But yeah, I can't remember though. I'll remember. And I'll be like, oh my god, why didn't we talk about <laughs> the biggest movie ever? Yeah, <laughs> most Dark, anticipation ever. Dark Knight Four comes yeah. out next year. <laughs> it's not even like three comes out in two years, but four we get next year. Um, no, I don't know. It's the same thing because like a lot of the movies that end up being my favorite movies of the year either aren't things I expect, like, yeah. like 500 Days, or they're things that don't get really announced or come out until the end of the year. Like whatever the Coen Brothers movie is won't come out until fall. Yeah. Um, it might be True Grit, but I didn't think they were filming that. I saw that. Isn't that uh, John Wayne? Didn't he do? Well, yes. <laughs> well, it's not technically a remake because it's... Um, they're they're making a movie based on the same book. Um, so they're they, re, they're 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 reimagining True, True Grit, sort of, yeah. Because yeah, I'm sure when True Grit, they like, that's when Hollywood did whatever creative license they wanted just to sell stars. So yeah, I mean they'll they'll probably get some shit for basically remaking a John Wayne film, but um, but they'll be true to the book instead. Yeah, and it, when it ends up being a great film, as I'm sure it will be, um, no one will care anymore. I'm sure we'll hear a lot of who's gonna play John Wayne's part. Yeah, but they probably won't. Even, it'll probably be like the I, smallest character. I think in the it's movie. gonna be Justin Long. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, um, uh, cop out. Yeah. Oh God. Is Which, what I'm looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> title is so good. Yeah. In fact, with the controversy and everything, I think it's better than the original title. Actually, I like my idea for a title, Ryan. <laughs> Which one's yours? Criminal Penetration. Oh, yeah, Criminal oh, Penetration. I sent it in, but... That is that is really good. I like mine, Black Guy, White Guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that title is, like, its own jab at the production company. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, the problem is that, okay, it now comes out in, what, late January, and we haven't seen anything because of this whole title controversy. Yeah, that's like... Usually but they give... Hopefully they'll sell the movie to someone. Um, I don't want to be the only one in the theater. <laughs> I know it's about time Kevin Smith had like a breakout movie. Though the truth is, I haven't seen a trailer. It could be really bad since he didn't write it. Um, I've never really liked Tracy Morgan, so even in Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back. Well, <laughs> he's hardly in that movie. Like, he's there for a shot to be a drug dealer. Like that's not really okay. So, I, so I like him in that movie, but in general, you know, I'm not a big Thirty Rock fan. So. Right on. Right on. Thanks for right listening to our holiday special of movies, Nebcast style. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> lame ending. Oh, that's good. That's the problem we have is we always have trouble wrapping up the shows. Yeah. Go see movies. Go see movies. Form your own opinion Su- and send them in. Support your local cinema. Support it's gotta be some like holiday type ending since this will air in like two days. Merry friggin' Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Give the gift of movies. This, yep. is, this is the best podcast since uh, <laughs> Bing Crosby danced with Danny fucking K. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to do an episode where, like, it was the uh, like the Christmas. Uh, uh, what's the word? Not tragedy. Dead air. But, you know, like the, the stolen Christmas type thing, where uh, the podcast would get like lifted by Jack Frost or something, and then we couldn't do something. I don't know. Jack Frost, the talking stone. <laughs> Some Christmas villain, I don't know. I watched that on TV last week, I was terrible. <laughs> it is, I have it on DVD. You do? I do. Who's at the door? What's well, not fucking frosty? <laughs> oh, you have that jacket. Oh, you're talking about I'm the talking Michael about Keaton. the Michael Keaton oh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I needed to mean I needed to be be clear about which bad film I was talking about. <laughs> when I was working at Hollywood video, the the horror Jack Frost I found in the kids section. <laughs> oh no no the it was the um, it was the good sleeve like the kids movie sleeve. Yeah. But inside the tape was the horror Jack Frost. <laughs> nice. That's awesome that some guy yeah. set out to switch those movies. Yeah yeah yeah. Awesome. You you should have checked him because he might have like recorded over the first half <laughs> with Michael Keaton and then all of a sudden there's like. Shannon no. Elizabeth getting raped by a snowman. <laughs> yeah. Which is an actual yeah. scene from that movie. Yep. No, that's not really part of my job. I just have to rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, uh, yeah, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I was going to say, no, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Fuck this holiday shit. Fuck the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Merry Christmas. And, Do we and, have any and happy, happy Jew holiday. Happy Chaconica. Next, next time, say the whole word. Alright, Brad, now you gotta sign off me in. I just did, I said happy holidays, right, and then fine. you went all Jew-hating. Merry fucking Christmas! All Muslim-hating. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Bye. And, and I hate the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, Nazis suck. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. You can't go And wrong. women. Yeah. There you go, there you go. Get Bye. <laughs>